One podcast has crushed the horror landscape, leaving behind the silent audio waves of all of those who have came before. Introducing our hosts. This man needs no introduction, but needs seven takes to record his own. He is known for rating bad movies high and known for rating good movies high. Don't try to call him because he only phones it in. He is our host from the foreign land of Canada, Mood 616. This man is willing to die even on the smallest of hills. He argues to the point in which he disagrees with himself. A man who knows a remake when he sees one. He is the Mexican-born super producer known as the humble one and the sexy one, JP. They are known for creating superstars out of their guests. They are known for being the number one horror podcast on the Horophilia Network, except for when they allow others to take a turn. They are the devil's advocate of horror podcasting. They are the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror. Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 95 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast is coming at you live. I am your host, the Italian Stallion Giovanni Stallone, also known as Moods the Maestro. And we have the legitimate adopted son of Ben Roethlisberger in the house, Double Shot J, also known as JP. And of course, we have the quack and Boston Ripper Brando back in the sound studio, also known as Derek What's going on, homies? What's up, man? Yo, yo, what up? Look at that. First time. No fuck-ups this week. That wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm oh, proud that of myself. I'm proud of myself. So what's going on, guys? How was your week? Uh, Pretty... Not bad, not bad. Um, Interesting. I, it was, you know what, man? It was. I totally forgot. It was uh, Black Friday slash Thanksgiving. You, you want to know something about Thanksgiving, listeners? Oh yeah, American is, Thanksgiving. That's I right. Think that, yeah, I think that. Yeah, I I think that this was our third Thanksgiving recording this show, and for the last two or three, we've had a Thanksgiving show planned, not including this one. We didn't do that for this because, um, actually, not this year or last year because we had Italian horror. But the year before that, yeah. And the year before that, I think. What did we have? When did we start? We started in November, I believe. It might have just mm-hmm. been the one year that we planned it. Who knows? I'm fucking dumb, guys. Don't listen to mm-hmm. me. Um, but <laughs> the idea was to do Thanksgiving on mm-hmm. Canadian Thanksgiving, and then to do Thanksgiving three on American Thanksgiving because they're yeah, that's pretty right. Close. Like how far are they apart? Uh, yeah, about a month. 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 Okay, so, um, uh, and we never did it, and then we came up with Italian Horror Month, and you know the rest is history. But um, it's mm-hmm. funny because I remember specifically watching Thanks Killing for that one year and not doing it. People <laughs> <laughs> forgot about that, man. Yeah, we uh, there's been tons of shows that we planned that have never happened. Like I, I know one so, that was really so big many. was um, the Invasion of the Body Snatchers, like four films like we had uh, uh the four different v- versions of invasion of the body snatches i actually even watched the first one in preparation and then i was uh, going on to was, the second one and then that's right hey remember when it. before i was on the show i made that joke to you about it's gonna be an oj og versus remake versus remake versus remake yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah 
Um, so it was Black Friday at, during. Well, it's it's Black Friday is on Thanksgiving, which is a Thursday, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I mean, Black Friday itself is no like. Listen, I went to Walmart for Black Friday. Oh my God, it was and so it's hectic, never, it's man. It's never too bad out mm-hmm. here. You know what I mean? It's fucking annoying and stuff, but. I got there really late, and, like, people were already had, like, all the good stuff, and, and, like, people were actually leaving. Like, when I left, left, like, the parking lot was actually, like, nowhere near as full as it was, but I I ended up going over to the DVD section, which they fucking tricked me, because two years in a row they had it over by the produce, and this year they Mm -hmm. had it all the way back by the milk, which is the other opposite end of the food section. And I, I was looking around. For Why them, are the DVDs the in the food section, this? anyways? They do things weird out out here, man. Like they, I, <laughs> yes, I think sir. just because like space wise, that is always the biggest. Unless a new gaming system has come out, that's always the biggest section that people go to. They need to just split up oh. the games and DVDs because <laughs> most people are there for the games anyway. And so I, I get in this long ass line. It was a half hour wait in this line. Uh, the yeah. first year I did it, I was just able to cut line because there wasn't, like, that much security or anything. This year they had, like, cops, and last year they had cops too. Um, but I went through there, and it was just pitiful, dude. There was nothing there. They had American mm-hmm. Horror Story, um, all the seasons on DVD for $10 yeah. each, which I was mm-hmm. tempted. But a couple years ago during a, like, Fox Connect sale, I grabbed the first season on Blu-ray, and... It would be really annoying to me to have yeah, the season you, on Blu-ray. Your OCD, your OCD kicked in and was yeah. like, I can't buy the rest. <laughs> but I can never find any of the seasons under like $25. It's insane I know. that show. They're expensive. They are expensive, man. Yeah, they are. So uh, I, I passed on those. There was this – oh, my God. There was this guy and his wife, dude who were standing right at the beginning of where the DVDs start, and they were standing... I was like, oh, I'll just wait in line as they go through. You know, we'll take our turn to each little section. And they were standing there forever. I was just, I just like... I was so frustrated that they were standing there so long that I just walked in mm-hmm. ahead of him. And, like, then he tried to, like, move up, and I was like, no, man. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, this is, this is bull. Like, you already stood there for that long. Now I'm going ahead of you. And um, <laughs> I ended up just grabbing Krampus because that's one of the things, which we'll talk about in a second. That's one of the uh, Christmas choices for our Viewer's Choice show coming up here. And that was mm-hmm. like $3 or $4 on DVD. Um, mm-hmm. I was bummed that it, I didn't get the Blu-ray because today the Blu-ray was only $5 on Amazon. So I'm mad about Gosh. that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm mad, mad about that. And then I grabbed The Witch for $6 on Blu-ray, which is a good deal. That's a good deal. I need to rewatch that um, for the yeah. year-end show. Uh, and the only other thing that I grabbed, because there was nothing, I grabbed Dragon Ball Season 1. Wow. That's and, random. And that was it, man. It was so depressing. Shit. I wasted all that time for nothing. I wanted to get... Um, I was going to get some, like, Christmas shopping done and stuff. I didn't see anything for anybody. It was just a, a complete waste of time. So uh, how was your Black Friday? Well, I was – oh, my God. It was absolutely insane, man. Um, for the people that don't know out there, I work for Pure Later, so um, I obviously deliver. Well, of course, Walmart is actually on one of my regular – it was part of my route. And um, I had to go out there and deliver and not only, you know, to – 
you know, to the back. I had to go in the front because I got a delivery lotto in there. It was a fucking madhouse, dude. Like this whole area, there's like probably like 50 business kind of in the strip mall thing. And I had like a shitload of deliveries to do in there. And it was the worst shit I've ever seen in my life. The traffic was just through intersections and people were like up on curbs and no one could go anywhere and shit. I'm like, and then this big fucking one ton truck. And I'm like, this is, this is the stupidest shit ever. And uh, yeah, Walmart was just like, it was like an absolute zoo in there. And I was like, oh yeah. You know, I was contemplating on going to Walmart yesterday and which I actually did um, because I actually got out of that whole thing with my life. <laughs> it was like insane. I thought I was actually going to die. Because <laughs> it, was just, it was just so crazy up there. I've never seen, like Black Friday is usually nuts, but this was the most insane thing I've ever seen. It, it was, was like, like that South Park episode. Yeah, it was like they were giving away free shit, man. People were just like driving over curbs and shit, like trying to get to these sales. I'm like, what are, what are the big sales here, man? It's crazy. So ultimately, I were I didn't go out on Black Friday besides my 12 hours of fucking deliveries. But yesterday, I decided that I was like, you know, I'm gonna go check out Walmart and see what I can find in there. I didn't really find a whole lot of shit. Um, pretty much everything was just ravaged through, but I found a couple really shitty, you know, those shittier Krampus films for like a couple bucks in there. And oh, like, the, like the low budget ones. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. I just grabbed them cause I was like, fuck whatever. I'll check them out. And, uh, but no, there was like nothing for sale in there. Like absolutely nothing. I grabbed like the magnificent seven box set for like $14 or something like that. And mm-hmm. so that was like it, man. You know, Walmart was just like a total bust, even online Friday, <sighs> black Friday sales and shit. All I got was I picked up some vinegar syndrome stuff and a box set from Arrow, and that was it. Okay, I didn't really so, do a whole so what did you guys do for sales then? What did you grab? Uh, vinegar syndrome. I actually before I went to work at five in the morning, I actually got up and I was like, "Okay, I wonder if this uh, Jack Frost lenticular cover sold out." <laughs> so I got up and I, I I picked up that along with the Undertaker and, and a few black exploitation films, and uh, I grabbed the uh, the Scorpion box set from Arrow, and that was it. That's all I grabbed. So yeah, I grabbed a few things online. I didn't really go out. Out. I did go to Target before I went to work though, because it was still open. So I was like, "Hey, let me see what they had." They didn't really have much though there. It was all like scattered around with the DVD section. And uh, yeah, I ordered a few things from Vinegar. I ordered The Undertaker and uh, Jack Frost. Then I hit up Severn just for one title because most of that bundle stuff I already owned, so it was kind of like, eh. Yeah, I kind of figured that was going to happen. I didn't even bother going to the Severn site because of last year's fucking debauchery. Oh, it was ridiculous, man. I think I had, what did I have, like seven or eight titles in my cart, and the shipping was $93. And actually, in fact, that happened to me this year, too. I went to the Grindhouse video uh, sale that they were having. You know how they're having like an arrow sale and stuff. And, and yeah. of course they're having that unearth is having a big blow at sale too. So like all their stuff is like half price or more than 50% off. So anyways, I put, you know, six or seven titles into my cart and my total was 30, $36 or something for these DVDs. Cause they were like $5 and stuff. My shipping was 35. And now I've ordered from Grindhouse video a few times in the past. And the shipping has been really, really good, like really cheap and really efficient, like really fast and stuff. So I was surprised. I'm like, well, that's that's ridiculous. I'm I'm hoping that their shipping isn't like that all the time now. You know, maybe they just kind of jacked it up for international. But uh, mm-hmm. that sucks, man. I mean, I'm not going to pay $35 shipping for the product that I'm paying $35 for. I mean, it just kind of it defunct yeah, the sale, right? Crazy. I mean, it's, I'm basically pulling, paying like full price for this shit. So plus, you know, conversion and stuff. But I was like, that was a total bust because that's had some pretty cool titles in it. Like they had nails, which was been out of print for a long time. 
yeah, yeah. stock and stuff, and I wanted to grab that. And there was a couple other unearthed titles I needed, but you know that's just too bad, man. Very unfortunate, but. Yeah. Otherwise, I would have been on my sale list, man. I would have. It was another place I was really looking forward to hitting up, but don't know what happened, man. Uh, I'm so mad about the, the shipping. Mm. Another crazy shipping story to Canada, of course. Yeah, I also grabbed uh, that Nurse Jill limited editions Blu-ray from Massacre Video that 25 percent off. Oh my god, you got! Have you watched it yet? No, I didn't. I didn't order it. It's still, I just ordered it. I didn't actually get a chance to watch it. Oh yeah, I, come yet. I thought you told me that a few days ago. I didn't realize that it was actually part of the sale or whatever. But yeah, yeah, that yeah shit they is... had all the limited Blu-rays for like twenty-five percent off. So I'm like, why not? It's only a dollar more than the actual real, like the standard release. Yeah, no doubt, right? That's awesome. Free so shipping. I got. Um, I I did look at a few sales, and honestly, dude, I, this year just there wasn't that much stuff that was worth it for me. Uh, mm-hmm. I did actually, and you guys might be surprised. I did actually hit up the Vinegar Syndrome sale and buy the Jack Frost. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, man. I don't know. I think that that is one of the best lenticular covers in history of lenticular covers. Like it, it is, it is really, really like good looking. Like it definitely. Yeah, is. it pops out, man. It looks yeah. like beautiful. even you know how sometimes with like lenticular covers. You you think like oh like it's not gonna translate on camera like you have to see it in person, well, that thing translates on camera very well you know it's yeah. it, it really does it's you know it looks fantastic so I, I did grab that um the only reason crazy. I grabbed that was because one you could pay with PayPal and um, I had like I don't know like sixteen dollars in my PayPal account just from. Um, I think Derek actually sent me some for that VHS or whatever, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I had some other in there too, and I was just like, oh well, like this isn't that bad then because I'm only adding like eight dollars to it out of my actual bank account, you know. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, I, I, I grabbed that. I didn't grab anything else from Vinegar Syndrome. Um, I was kind of shocked that uh, we all guessed that one slasher film wrong, huh? <laughs> what was their slasher? Oh film? yeah. Well. Uh, uh, it was the Undertaker that they announced. We found I out, but we were, were all announcing making... two films. Yeah, they did. It looks like a porn. The other one. Uh, yeah, all the sins of Sodom. All the sins of Sodom, I believe, is is like a porno. So I was kind of disappointed. Jesus. I was actually kind of disappointed about the January 2017 package too, because um, the October one was fantastic. It had like four horror films, and then it had like that kind of porno box set thing in there too which was worth it i grabbed that because it was you know well worth the money but the january one man is don't answer the phone and it's got the double feature of blood mania and, and point of terror on there but the other three titles are porno and you know usually you know i probably wouldn't complain but i just i don't find myself trying to go after porno which right porno if there's more it? uh blue money uh i think there's like taboo four and <laughs> yeah, taboo four Jesus yeah Christ. so there's how many incest films, films can you make I know, right? There's all these taboo we, films. We should do. We should do this taboo franchise. Do for it? Taboo I think it's one. I think there's like 17 it. taboo movies. Yeah, but anyways, the point is, there was like more porn on this one than you know horror films. I'm like, ah, I don't know about that. But you couldn't order. This is the point I'm trying to get to. You couldn't order "Don't Answer the Phone" and the other double feature separately right now. Yeah, yeah. Available separately. So I was like, ah, shit, man. So I'm gonna have to wait that one out. Somewhere in an alternate play. universe. Some dude's like, yeah, man, it's pretty awesome. They actually have, like, three pornos in this one and only two horror films, so I decided to go with it. <laughs> That's a movie in the so universe. 
It's probably Zach. <laughs> um, but yeah. besides that vinegar syndrome sale, um, I hit up Barnes and Noble. I just grabbed one title, and I'm actually. I think it came to like twenty one dollars, which I thought was fair. But apparently, one of my friends at work told me that they seen this title on Amazon yesterday for fifteen dollars. Now I don't know if that's true because I I did not see anybody post this. You're talking about Return of Living Dead. Return three. of well, the Living best Dead. Run titles. I, I looked, man. They weren't that cheap, unless I, I it was unless it was a glitch on there for a minute because I've seen that happen before and then. Prices have changed. Well, I actually picked mine up from Barnes and Nobles too. Well, so. I'll tell you one thing. I checked today, multiple times, and it started out at twenty five dollars in the morning. It dropped down to twenty, up to yep. twenty three, back to like twenty one, for Return of Living Dead three on Amazon dot com. <laughs> it's like what the hell's going on, man? That's so crazy. Yeah, Return of the Living Dead three and Chud two. Of course, I pre-ordered those a while back, and they didn't ship. <laughs> Amazon.ca has those things temporarily out of stock. And this has been happening a lot. I know I've discussed this many, many times on the podcast about my shipping woes, but it's been happening a lot lately, and I haven't really been mentioning it, but not only has a lot of my thing, my pre-orders been not shipping right away, um, I, I think I had an update in October, and I, I said in my update that I had just gotten stuff in that I would pre-ordered from June. And that's kind of how it's been the last couple months for for um, pre-orders. It's been really, really bad. These Vestron titles, none of them shipped on time for me. Um, just absolutely ridiculous. I'm getting tired of it. But another thing that's been going on with me is uh, titles getting lost in the mail. I've had four yeah. or five things lost in the ma- mail in the last two months. Um, I, haven't, I haven't said anything, but... Uh, it, really, really odd. I bought this um, DVD from the seller, and uh, it was cheap, and it never arrived. It was like two months. I kind of remembered about it. I was like, holy fuck, I never got that shit. So I contacted him. I'm like, oh, yeah, no problem. We'll, sh- we'll send you out another one. I never got that one either. I'm like, that's so crazy. Um, and that was through Amazon, too, so that was really strange. But a uh, couple albums I'd ordered, same thing, didn't arrive. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So getting kind of freaked out i don't really want to make too big of orders right now because i'm kind of sketched out on shit getting lost mm-hmm. <laughs> right now i mean between uh prayers not shipping and things getting lost it's been kind of sketchy but so fucking frustrating man all i wanted to do was watch return to living dead 3 this week and uh not gonna happen not yeah. gonna happen who knows I, how long because it just says temporarily out of stock it doesn't say shipping in two to four weeks or anything it just says out of stock and i'm like Okay. You know what I think it is, man? I think they take pre-orders, and then if they get enough, they ship a batch up to Canada. But if they don't, then they just cancel them, and then everybody's kind of screwed. You know, that could be it. Who knows? Mm. I would really like to get some intel on how this thing works, because you would just assume if something's for pre-order on a website that they're able to get them. Yeah. Because let's put it this way. I mean, it's not like 10,000 people in Canada are pre-ordering Return of Living Dead 3. In fact, it's probably 1% of that. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, not Maybe not even. Who knows? So what is the problem here? Like, why can't they get... Like, I mean... Well, everyone that's what that I'm saying. To, because pre- it probably costs... It costs a decent amount to get that big crate of Return of Living Dead copies up to Canada. Um, because of, like, borders and, and ridiculous stuff like that. But mm-hmm. so if they don't I wonder get if it does people work like interested that. in it, then they don't actually bring any up. But it's so random, though, because I've, I've pre-ordered 
you know, other films that have shipped right away where I completely thought that, you know, the, the day that they came out, they were going yeah. temporarily out of stock and they have shipped. And I'm like, wow, that's really strange. Like, you're, you're like that one ship and this one didn't ship. Yeah, like an IFC title maybe shipped and you're like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, things like that. Exactly. Exactly. So I, think I don't it even. It also fuck... just matters the, the distribution company as well. Yeah, I think it does. It's just super frustrating, though. It's been terrible, man. I hate Amazon.ca. Horrible. Yeah, um, so I started but... ordering things from like. Well, we'll see how this works out. I ordered uh, the zombie box set from. Well, the Dawn of the Dead box set from uh, Italy. So we'll yeah. see how long. The last Do you couple really things need I've... another Dawn of the Dead? No, I totally don't. I hundred percent don't. But this box set is really damn cool. I didn't get the the five disc one with the four K disc. I got the four disc version. Like, what the hell do I need the four K one? I'm not upgrading to four K anyways. But I couldn't pass this up, man. It's my favorite movie, and I was like, this box is really cool looking and shit. And I've had pretty good luck with shipping from Italy, though. To be honest, the last couple of things I've ordered have shown up within like ten days. So, mm-hmm. and I'm like fucking day days. So that's pretty good, you know. So we'll see, but. I don't yeah. know if you guys have seen what it looked like. I know you've seen what it looked I've like, seen. Derek. Yeah, I saw, I saw it on the cool. Facebook group. Oh, yeah, that's right. Someone posted on Facebook. Yeah, it, it's super cool looking. But, you know, it's kind of like that favorite film type thing. And, I mean, trust me, JP, if you if this box set right here was in a Chainsaw edition, I bet you'd probably go out. It was actually Pro- pretty. Probably not, it, considering it, I own Chainsaw, like, once. And I don't even know you it don't... on Blu-ray. No. Are you serious? I'm serious. Wow, you don't have it on Blu-ray. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm surprised you never picked up that 40th anniversary from uh, Dark, Dark Sky Films. That four disc one is yeah, actually I pretty. Just, I just never did. I really just I don't know. I just never did. It, it, I always I always said that you know Dark Sky almost did too good of a job with that transfer. Yeah. Have you have, have you ever seen that transfer? My like it's uh-uh. so ridiculously clean. It, oh man, that chainsaw just looks like a brand new film in that. And I've heard mm-hmm. a lot of people. And like, yeah, it kind of takes away from the nat, you know, the grittiness of it and things like that. And I, I think it's a fair complaint, actually. You know, it's almost too clear. It's crazy, but um, yeah, it is what it so is. So I ended up, I did end up grabbing Return of Living Dead three, and I think it came to like twenty one shipped. It, the shipping really killed that Barnes and Noble deal. Um, mm-hmm. Even though twenty one yeah. is still better than twenty five, which is what yeah. they, what these things normally are going for. And uh, besides that, though, I didn't I didn't get anything else. I don't think, but I do know I still need uh, waxwork, which I seen that it yeah, dropped I need down to, grab to that too, yeah. twenty one today, um, and then it's right back up again. So I, I should have pulled the trigger when it was at twenty one, but I was I was kind of trying to hold back on buying a lot of shit like right now. Mm. I just well, paid. at least you know that you know these prices on these titles are fluctuating so drastically. So if you see it go to a certain point, just pull the trigger, man. It's crazy that they're they're fluctuating that much during a day. It's like it's playing the stock market, you know? Yeah, it's, it's like weird. watching stocks they like, go up and down. Sometimes I feel like, like it's down. every time I look at it, then they're like, "Oh, we got a view," and they put it right back up. <laughs> well, it's like, Dylan was at my place on Friday. And we were, you know, I having some beers and stuff like that and we we're bullshitting and and he was talking about Sen and Tunchi and uh he was watching it forever he was sitting in his cart forever and it, it dropped down like half like half price so he pulled the trigger on it and he said right after he bought it the price was back up to like four or to it jumped like more than double that it was yeah it's like there's definitely it's like some wait kind for of someone algorithm there there definitely is and he's just like what the fuck it's like every time I buy some I look at the price again it's like skyrockets and I'm like yeah it does that to me too it's weird. 
it's like they're just waiting for you and like, ah, we're going to fuck the next guy on this one. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's always like that. Um, but one thing that I did notice, and I don't know if a lot of people noticed this as well, but um, Draft House actually had a sale. Did you guys check this out? Yeah, I, I did. Yeah, I did, I did, did and I, I kind of sucked it because it was after I spent a lot of money on other shit, and I didn't really. I was like, wow. Well, you know, like this sale was incredible. But by the time I got to it, everything that I wanted was out of stock. And I heard, I didn't get this far, but I heard the shipping was insane. But yeah, it's like $7 like, a title. Miss 45 <laughs> was $7. Wake and Fright was $5. And these are the Blu-rays, too. Damn. Yeah, so um, that kind of sucked. I, like, I got super excited for a second and then instant unexcited. Miss 45 was the main one I wanted. Which I still don't own, and um, it was uh, it was like seven bucks, but I hear the shipping was like you know insane, and th- it was actually out of stock, so I didn't even get that yeah. far. Yeah, I had Piata in my car for a while. I wanted to grab that one, and it was like fucking seven dollars, so it was like a twelve dollar Blu-ray. So it was like yeah, it was still kind of good because then they would just add like the seven dollars to it, and it would have been like twenty dollars. It was normal price, so I'm like. Uh, but I already spent enough money on like other stuff. I picked up a few other like newer films that I needed for the year end type deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I probably would have went after that Miami connection, man. Maybe the invitation too. It was like the only two that I kind of wanted. But yeah, I don't know. If the if the shipping was insane to you guys, I'm sure it was like retarded to me. <laughs> <laughs> like Severin, like yeah. Severin levels. <laughs> so with that said, I mean, pretty, pretty weak Black Friday, if you ask me. And um, one thing that we did do, though. Is, well, yeah, uh, man. I mean, you even made you even made a thread about, you know, Black Friday sales and stuff. Post them up here. And it was like, how many responses? It was crickets. Or just, like, it was like, yeah, it was like people were just embarrassed to post <laughs> there. Because like, well, this isn't even good enough to put in that thread right there. So The full moon sale was retarded. It was like three things. Listen, well, full, full moon, moon also, has but not they also had a jack- good sale since like no. 2012 Valentine's Day. Yeah, they they always have terrible sales. Plus, their shipping is just stupid. It doesn't. It's not worth it. Listen, right? Full Moon used to offer 50 percent off with free shipping. That was their annual Valentine's Day sale. That, I hit it up from like 2009. That's to 2012, right. And it mm-hmm. was awesome. It would take a month and a half for you to get your order, but once you got it, like yeah. you wouldn't. You would be like. Sometimes they would throw in extra shit, like shit that I didn't even order. <laughs> like full moon used no, to that, be the that's shit. That's probably back just them the fucking up, man. <laughs> They're so unorganized. I, I, I don't know though because like I ordered the Puppet Master box set, the original box set, which had uh, one, two, three, four, five retro and curse, and then I ordered the Access of Evil trunk, which had part uh, nine, I believe, in it, and or eight. Uh-huh. I can't remember nine. I can't remember. Um, and then they threw in the one that was in between the legacy. So it was like the, the one that wasn't in the either box set. So I was like that. I almost feel like they had to have done that for, for free. Like, you know, like, I don't know. Like, yeah. I mean, if that was a fuck up, that was very coincidental. You yeah. Know, was like, wow, it was the, the one, one that fucking <laughs> title that I needed, which I was pissed that I didn't get when I ordered b- both of both those sets. I was like, damn it. Now I'm going to need the legacy, even though the legacy sucks. Let's do a puppet master show. No, I'm just, um, but anyway, Yay! Uh, let's do it. 
so yeah. No, that's another franchise. We gotta wait for the new one to come out because they're, they're they're dropping another one of those and a remake too. Oh man, it just like never ends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we definitely. That's that's one that I wouldn't wouldn't mind doing at all. I honestly like I, I like I know we talked about like some of these bigger ones potentially breaking them up into a two part show, but those films are so short. I don't even think we need to do that with those. <laughs> Yeah, it, honestly, yeah, they're like seventy minutes. Films, yeah, some of them so. are like sixty minutes long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, films, I mean, I love those movies. But anyway, uh, we did post the poll for the mm-hmm. uh, Christmas viewers' choice. This will be viewers' choice volume four. Four, I, I believe think. so. Yeah, and, I think it's volume four. Yeah, and it's the Christmas edition, Christmas twenty sixteen. So, um, we have an interesting history with Christmas shows because we've done one, this, this will be our fourth annual, I believe. Yeah. Uh, we did Black Christmas in year one, and then we did Silent Night, Deadly Night in year two, and then we did Jack Frost franchise. last year. Yeah, Silent Night, Deadly yep. Night franchise. <laughs> um, so this is the fourth year for the Christmas show, and, um, this is our first, first fourth anything. This is our first fourth annual of anything, so I think that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Uh, and the poll was out. Um, it, it had pretty much every um, notable and some bad ones, uh, Christmas horror films from from the last, you know, ever, besides the ones we were, uh, talked about already. Yeah. And the ones that floated to the top, early it was, uh, it was Rare Exports, it was Krampus, which is no surprise, and the other one was what? Black, Black Christmas? Black X. Yeah, the remake. Black X Christmas. And it ended up with uh, Rare Exports being dethroned in place of Gremlins. And I know I know, Moods, you said that you were very disappointed. Man, I, I got a little bone to pick with this poll, man. It's like, Jesus Christ. I thought for sure Rare Exports was going to get in there. People would probably... like. I, I, it's not like I dislike Gremlins or anything. I just didn't think it would, you know kind of pull through and get that many votes um don't in, ever underestimate the love for gremlins man yeah so i was i was a little bit disappointed because you know not only have i reviewed krampus on this show um i've reviewed black xmas before like on my own channel and gremlins i just never thought i would actually review because well let's face it is it is it a horror film yeah it's a creature feature it's a hundred percent horror film okay but you know i just thought it was one that I would probably never review for some weird reason. I don't know. It's really strange. Well, what did you vote for? Uh, rare, rare exports, and don't I think open don't open Christmas and elves. And elves, yeah, that's what I voted for. Which right. would have been fun. I mean, let's face it, man. Elves, strange, strange film. I think the conversation would have been fun. Don't open till Christmas, mm-hmm. man, dude. So much fun, you know. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, there's a lot of lovers out there for Black Xmas. I that one actually was more legitimately a bigger surprise because it actually finished second in the votes. Didn't it's it? It's actually right now it's sitting at first. My God, like, <laughs> are these people voting for this because they haven't seen the movie, or I don't know what's going on? <laughs> um, well, uh, I'll tell you right now. Um, Krampus actually fell in the third because obviously we didn't delete the poll, so people were still voting after it was shut down. But Gremlins yeah. moved into second, and Krampus moved into third. Wow, was yeah. there anything close to third? Because um, it seemed like the top three actually were like pretty solidified. Because I don't know, Rare Exports only lost fell. by two votes. Oh, okay, okay. 
Um, so yeah, I actually voted for. Uh, well, actually, you know it's funny. Brandon voted for the top three. So Black Xmas, Gremlins, and Krampus was for also. He voted for all three of those. Mm-hmm. Of course, you can blame Brandon for this show. <laughs> well, I voted for Gremlins too. Really? Yeah. yeah I, I wow, I never it. thought in a million years you would have voted for Gremlins, man. I, I love thought, Gremlins. It's one yeah, of my favorites. I, I always for... want to talk about it. <laughs> I voted for Gremlins. I voted for Saint, and I voted for P two. Oh yeah, P two. That's cool. I voted for Gremlins. Don't open for Xmas, and what was the other one I voted for? I'm surprised Don't Open Till Christmas didn't get more fucking votes, man. That sucks. What was in fifth? That's yeah, but like, bad. yeah. Pretty far uh, back. I, you know what, man? I I was going <laughs> like, to vote for Black Xmas, but I seen that it didn't need any help at all. So I was just like, oh, I'm not going to vote for it. Um, there's a bunch on here I realistically would have liked to cover, though. Like, Elves is one, um, Saint P2, uh, Cadaver Christmas, Dead End, uh, ATM I wouldn't have minded covering. Uh, I think I voted for Sheeton. I think that was the other one I wanted to the the mm-hmm. only one I actually didn't want to do was a Christmas horror story. That's the only one in the entire thing that I didn't want to do. You reviewed that before, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, but I've reviewed I've reviewed Gremlins and Black Xmas on the show before, I think as well. Oh wow, okay. So, um, and I might have even reviewed Elves on the show. Uh, yeah, so, I think you might have actually. Because be in, in those early days, I was doing a lot of like Christmas watching for what we watched. Yeah, that's um, right. Like I reviewed mm-hmm. Santa Slay. I reviewed uh, <laughs> Santa Slay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was. I uh, covered such a big portion of Christmas horror films that one year. I did that twenty-five days of Christmas horror. Oh yeah, so I covered sure. such a huge a point. And mm-hmm. you know, I actually forgot about P two. So I actually I've never reviewed that film. So that was one that was left off. But that would have been kind of cool. Yeah, P two is fun. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, so. Uh, I'm actually very happy with the picks. Um, I think. Well, it does give me another reason to watch Krampus again. Yeah, exactly. I still have a sealed Blu-ray of it. (laughs) I haven't even cracked it open. I think I got it last. I don't know. I think it'll be a fun show, to be honest. Yeah. Well, me and my friend are doing um, a Christmas marathon all December, and you know, honestly, Gremlins and Black Xmas was both both on that list. So. that that's one thing and i haven't seen krampus so that's pretty interesting yeah me neither so it's gonna seen. be a first time watch too oh me. you guys neither of you seen it yet wow well you're like the king of killing two birds with one stone jp oh 100 percent. i kill three <laughs> birds with one stone sometimes <laughs> like you know you definitely know that because all throughout the history of the show i've tried to like plan things to where they did multiple things like 100 percent, like all the time if you look back through the history of the show like some episodes i'll be like oh well we covered this here so that i could do this here over here <laughs> you know yeah, um, yeah. but uh gremlins is uh a favorite of mine uh, i love gremlins it's one of my favorite horror films ever and um you might be surprised on my opinions on black Xmas. Well, actually, you wouldn't be if you were, if you have a good memory because I've given my opinions on this show about Black Xmas. Yeah, um, I actually truly can't remember um, <laughs> if you liked it or not. Uh, I'm pretty sure you guys know my thoughts on it. I've seen the movie like three times and it, it's never really gotten much better for me. So it's been a while since I watched it. It's probably since it came out, to be honest. 
So uh, I'm kind of interested to check it back out again. Yeah. It's been a while. I reviewed it watch. way back on episode four. Oh, no, I did watch. I actually did watch Gremlins last year. I watched Gremlins last year. That's right. I showed the kid Gremlins. So I have seen it within the last year, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, Good that's... Stuff. I mean, if anything, though, dude, like next year when we do the poll, three of those huge heavy hitters won't be available. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like... Yeah, well, who knows work. for all kind of shit. Who knows? There's some more Christmas films coming out. I think there's uh, <laughs> that one by Wild Eyes coming out right now. <laughs> What's it called? <laughs> S- S- Be- Secret Sa- Santa. <laughs> Secret Santa. Cannibal Claws. <laughs> there's Cannibal Claws. Oh, cannibal, yeah, I actually watched Cannibal Claws. It's fucking hilarious. That's funny. And then there's that one that you watched, JP, from this year. Um, all through the house. All through the house. That's what it is. Cannibal. And you Claws. said it was pretty average. No, I liked it. I mean, it's not oh. an amazing movie, but it, it's it's pretty fucking fun, honestly. So, I mean, at least we're getting you know some new ones to you know look forward to. It's probably better than most, but than everything you named before it. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> um, percent. But yeah, I mean, there's a ton of fucking Christmas movies out there, and it, it seems like we get a good handful every year, so we'll never really run out. And uh, it's it's. It's fun, man. I, I like, I like the. I like. I think I like this since we're out of franchises for Christmas. I think this is a good way to handle Christmas episodes. Yeah, why not? Why not? If we run out of Christmas films, though, then we could add like winter films too to the list. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not, we'll never run out of winter. I, I have films. to admit, man, I'm a little bit surprised that they never made a sequel to Silent Night. You know, like the new film. Oh, the remake. Uh, the remake in name only. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm surprised they never made a sequel to that film. Kind of set know, up for one too. Exactly. Well, that's the thing, right? They they set it up for one, and mm-hmm. I don't know. It seemed like most people seemed to kind of like it. I don't know. But, yeah. I mean, it's, it wasn't like a fantastic film, but you know, yeah, they just seem to make sequels to Christmas films too often anymore, unless they're Krampus films, like shitty low budget Krampus. That one little shitty one from last year, uh, Krampus Christmas Devil, got a sequel this year. The Ascension or something. <laughs> Dude, like, what the fuck? whatever Krampus I watched from last year was so fucking awful. I think yeah. that's the same one. <laughs> I know there was uh, the one that was called Krampus the Awakening, and then there was one Krampus the Christmas Devil, and that one got a sequel, I think, this year or something? I don't know if it was put out this year. It's so fucking strange, man. <laughs> There's like three Krampus films that dropped all in like the same month last year. <laughs> so, um, with that said, uh, that show will be coming probably the week of Christmas, but definitely before Christmas, probably like the 23rd of December uh, or mm-hmm. so. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, it'd be the 21st of December. So, look forward to that. Uh, one other thing that I wanted to get to before we move on with the uh, show into the news, um, we had some iTunes reviews. Um, I said a while ago that I was going to read the foreign ones uh, on an upcoming show, so I figured we'll start with those. Um, now, one thing that I would like to say, guys, is thank you for rating and reviewing the show. You honestly don't know how much it helps. Like, I was listening to an old episode of Exploding Heads today, and Dave was talking about when they type Exploding Heads into iTunes, the first thing that popped up was Exploding Barrels podcast, which was a video game podcast. Mm-hmm. And after you guys and their guys... Uh, reviewed their show on iTunes. Now they exploding heads are the first thing that pops up. 
Um, so it does help when you type in podcast horror, those keywords, um, it, it helps the more reviews you have, the the higher you kind of rank on that search bar, that search Mm -hmm. engine. So, uh, it, it surely does help. Even if you don't listen to the show through iTunes, which a lot of you guys don't, because you know, obviously we see Moods' numbers on the YouTube channel. Um, it would still be very much appreciated, and you're entered into all contests that we do when you uh, review us on iTunes. Um, I know we plug this a lot, but you know, if if there's anything that you guys can do to help us, you know, I mean, we we uh, you know we don't charge for the show or anything. Um, just that small little favor, and you'd be doing us. You'd be true homies. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, like true the people, homies. The people that true review homies. the show are are the true homies of us. And if you don't want to, if it takes too much time because iTunes sucks dick, that's cool too. You're still homies. Um, anyway, yeah. uh, if you're in a foreign land or anywhere outside of the United States, uh, your reviews are in your own region, so we won't be able to see them. You have to t- send us a screenshot. And by the way. Um, I told you guys that you could send it anywhere. Don't do that. Send it to the email because I have a nice little folder where I keep them all. So when I do the contest, they're easy to reach. So if you have sent me one somewhere else, Dylan, I know that you have. Can you please email it to me too, please, buddy? Um, Because it's just easier to keep track of. So everybody who submits one, please do it via email. Send a screenshot. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, first up here, we have um, Ollie Hicks. Uh, this is, I don't know where he's from, uh, but he did leave a review and it, and it sucks because he actually, um, had his account open. So it actually is blocking part of the review. So I can't even read the whole thing. It says I'd been, it's a uh, five stars, best horror par- podcast out there. I've been listening on and off since the first episode recently started listening to everyone that blank, 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 back catalog. The show keeps getting better every week. <laughs> really is all you need for more related news, reviews, releases, blank, 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 blank. Best podcast <laughs> out there. So um couldn't see all of it, but thank you, Ollie, for that uh oh, UK iTunes review. So that's one from UK. Uh mm-hmm. and this one is from Chris Henderson, and he says Pure Entertainment, five stars. Great show. Both of the hosts have great chemistry with each other, and they they delve into some interesting, not much talked about movie franchises. So thank you. And wherever that one is from, I can't see, but I see we have eight ratings over there, um, based on the screenshot. So uh, mm. whatever country that's from, thank you. Sweet. Uh, so let's go move to the next one. Um, oh shit. Oh okay. This one is from <laughs> Canada. So this one is from Canada, and Canada. it is um, doesn't say who it is. So how could I, not have the name? One second. He sent me two screenshots. So one of the best. Okay, it's from Slushy Man. Um, <laughs> oh, actually, Dylan, you don't even need to send yours, homie, because I see it in Slushy Man's screenshot. <laughs> <laughs> so, Slushy uh, man. Slu- Slushy man, he says, that, which is by the way the seventh review on Canadian uh, iTunes. So that's pretty cool. Uh, he said he sent it October twenty seventh. He says one of the best five stars, one of the best 
horror podcast around just as funny as it is informative i've always considered myself a pretty big horror fan but these guys have opened my eyes to so many more horror flicks i had never heard of or i have but i've never really bothered to check them out before the long length might turn some off but the way i look at it is there's nothing wrong with pausing starting up again for later that guy has he just broke most people's brains because that is true just pause it come back later (laughs) like that's one thing that is kind of a flawed (laughs) argument when people leave a comment and it's like seriously five hours like you know this is the final straw damn you yeah like (laughs) like just it's like it's like we're bedding people's arms no you can't pause the show you have to listen to the show in one sitting yeah you don't even have to listen to the whole damn show if you don't want to that's why they're listening to some of it and quit (laughs) if you don't want to hear what we watch you want to go straight to the main reviews do that and vice versa or whatever god knows i fucking hate doing those show notes and i do them for you guys (laughs) yep that's right that's Um, right (laughs) so since uh our homie slushy man over here sent a nice screenshot that had three uh little reviews on on it i figured i could just review read the other two as well Uh, this one is from gbbsbf pure entertainment five stars great show both the hosts have great chemistry with each other and delve into some interesting oh wait i reviewed that i read that one last time so that one was gonna say wow that one sounds very (laughs) similar to the other one yeah okay so um the previous email was from canada then i figured out uh and then back in september godzilla dylan i'm if there's another person named godzilla i apologize but i assume it's dylan uh, this is easily the best podcast I've listened to. Very entertaining, informative, great chemistry between the hosts. I've listened to every episode possible and will continue to listen to every episode posted. Thank you, Dylan. You to man. Moving along here, we have Marco. Uh, mm. And he says, well, it. I don't know what he said in Finnish. Because that he titled it in Finnish, I, I think is that what he speaks Finnish? Yeah, he's from Finland. Okay, but he wrote the review in English, so almost as good as Exploding Heads podcast. These two guys. Wait a minute, <laughs> this is Marco. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> That's messed up. These two guys almost. have a great chemistry, and they share such a passion for horror movies, which makes the show a must for every horror fan around over the world great stuff he definitely has to be doing that as a joke marco's been with us since fucking day before the show even started right he was with us back on burial grounds that's right that's right (laughs) that shit's funny (laughs) okay okay uh then we have uh this is seven oh and Okay, he was the one with the uh, – okay, good stuff here. This is actually the eighth. This was after Slushy Man, so we have now eight reviews from um, Canada. And I only have about th- four of them in my view. So whoever else did it, um, they're going to have to send me uh, a screenshot because I can't see it. Uh, good stuff. Five stars. Word up. Best horror podcast there is. Very knowledgeable and funny. Always a great listen. Thank you, seven O. Seven O, yeah. And the last one from the foreign land of foreigners, 
we have uh, the homie. Uh, we have the homie Marnie. So Marnie. Uh, yeah. From the uh, land down under. Yeah, our our Australian listener. The queen bee of body bags. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. definitely. Uh, if you love horror, if you love your horror and want to learn more about what movies are out there, this then this is the podcast for you. Not only does 22 Shots have a great host, but they know what they're talking about, love listening to the show and hearing what other people have to say about films. Marnie. Um, yeah, Marnie's been, shoot, I've been, I've been, fall, I've been in contact with her for years. So yeah. Awesome yeah, to see a review from her. And we actually just have two from, uh, the U.S. iTunes. So we got two more since the last time we, uh, got one, which was November 1st. And, uh, both of these people have said that they have tried to leave reviews before. And they weren't popping up. So it seems they've now finally popped up. I don't know what the delay was with that. but uh, It's probably because they had to review them before. And they just... Sometimes they take longer than other times, I think. Yeah, and that's like... Give it that work for iTunes. I think they have to kind of scan them and shit. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anyway. This is Andy2Crazy76. This is the homie Andy Cripps. Uh, guest on the show before. Yes, yes, y'all. Five stars. Been listening since episode one, spent countless hours listening and plenty LOL moments, including Vampircons, <laughs> No Malone, and uncalled for Texas Chainsaw <laughs> references, and etc. Also, time to get serious to the, with epic debates on ratings such as Jack Frost and Blair Witch. Also, great source for all the news and releases that people like me are too lazy to look up. So basically, I'm trying to say, if you like horror movies, this is the podcast for you. Damn, that was a hell of a review, Andy. You kind of threw in some in-jokes in there and stuff. We haven't mentioned Vampircon in a long time. so Yeah, Vampircon. That's an OG one, huh? Yeah, yeah. Thanks, homie. You can tell he's been a long-time listener. No uh, mention of the boat jokes. Everything's <laughs> everything's better set on a boat. I love how he mentions Jack Frost, so. <laughs> Fucking Jack Frost. Uh, so Ugh. our final review here is from Franz Mazur, and it says, This horror review podcast is quite literally one of the very best out there. JP and Moods are likely my favorite podcasting duo. The way these two <laughs> debate and discuss the films they go over it's second to none. If you are browsing and looking around for horror review podcasts to check out, this one really ought to top your list. It's a show that starts off strong and just keeps getting better and better. <laughs> Much love from the Pacific Northwest, Mr. Watson. The homie Mr. Watson left us. Oh, it's Mr. Watson. Nice. Nice. Listen, I love Mr. Watson. That dude is uh, podcasting. G right should there, send man. we should send that screenshot to Room Org magazine right yeah, there. We should Maybe. send all of them. Like yeah, we should. Like hey, dickheads, thank you for not leaving us, you know, putting us on the podcast list or whatever. So <laughs> yeah, that is <laughs> all the true, uh, I I I hope listeners aren't too bored with that. Honestly, <laughs> you know, it's just a bunch of praise for us. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners are probably like, what oh, the maybe, fuck, man? Talk about maybe therapists. <laughs> maybe reading those will kind of, uh, you know, maybe that's the kick in the ass they need to 
to leave their own so they can hear their own words spit on the 22 shots next episode. Yeah, and, right? you know, apologies for sucking dick while reading. Um, <laughs> that came out kind of wrong. It's fucking hard to talk I mean, when you sucking have a dick in at reading. It really is. <laughs> yeah, it's so hard to talk when you have a cock in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that wraps up the iTunes reviews. Please leave more, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Thank you to everybody out there. That's awesome. Awesome. We love that. Tooting our own horns. Great shit. (laughs) All right, man. Let's get into some news. All right. So if you did... Whoa, did I just fucking embody Jeremy? You just did that. (laughs) Uh, All right. Uh, We got got some news, Jeremy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So if you want to follow 22 Shots of Moods and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i remember nobody's i get so mad at him. anyways I, nobody's I just, fucking listening anyways remember that shit oh my oh, god dude, i listened to that the other day it's it's still gold <laughs> it's um, still one of the funniest moments ever in this show i used to get real mad at jeremy like I, I don't know if i ever told him but i always used to get mad that when he would um like do the the plugs and stuff he would say it so fast you couldn't even understand what he was saying i was like normally the people that are caring to listen to this stuff you know, are very few, but the people that do stay to hear where you can check us out at, like they, they probably actually want to hear where that is and not just. Well, yeah, they want to understand what you're saying. You know. <laughs> um. But yeah. Anyway, uh, moving into the news, we have a little bit of news. I I'm sure that this um made Mr. Watson pretty happy, but uh, apparently the theatrical rights to the Vampire Chronicles, which is. Anne Rice novels mm-hmm, have yeah. reverted back to her. Um, so I don't know much about her. I don't know much about what she's done. I thought that she didn't care anymore because she's like, she stopped writing horror novels and got like reborn Christian or some. I don't know. She's just not into what she was doing before. So I thought that she didn't care about the rights anymore. But maybe she cares about the money. I don't know. Honestly, I have no idea. But that's really strange. I do know Watson praised her like quite a bit with uh, her novels. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, her early novels are really good. Um, yeah. But then she stopped writing horror novels because yeah, like she got like all reborn and went through one of those phases in her life. Who knows? Maybe she's like not unborn anymore or reverted back to being normal. <laughs> I don't know, but that's interesting, man. Yeah, know. so these uh, stories are Interview with the Vampire from 76, the Vampire Lestat mm. from 85, the Queen of the Damned from 8... Oh, shit. I, wait. Did I know that? I think I might have known that. So Interview in, with the Vampire and Queen of the Damned are in the same franchise? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if I knew that. The Tale of the Body Thief from 92 and Manok the, the Devil from 95. Yeah. So... Um, never read a single one of those, but I hear nothing but good things. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the, so basically, uh, this is a quote from her Facebook. She said, the theatrical rights to the Vampire Chronicles are once again in my hands, free and clear. I could not be more excited about this. A television series of the highest quality is now my dream for Lestat, Louis, Armand, Maurice, and the entire tribe. In the new hmm. golden age of television, such a series is the way to let the entire story of the vampires unfold. My son Christopher Rice and I will be developing a pilot script and 
a detailed outline for an open-ended series, faithfully presenting Lestat's story as it's told through the books, complete with the many situations the, re- the, the readers expect to see. We'll likely begin with the vampire Lestat and move on from there. When we sit down and finally talk to the producers, we will have a fully realized vision of the project with Christopher as an executive producer at the helm. I will also be in an executive producer all the way again. I cannot tell you how happy it makes me to be able to announce this. As many of you know, Universal Studios and Image Entertainment had optioned the series to develop motion pictures from it. And though we had the pleasure of working with many fine people in the connection with this plan, it did not work out. It is more than ever abundantly clear that television is where the vampires belong. Over the years, you... Jesus Christ, this is long. (laughs) Over the years, you have all told me how much you want to see... Uh, Game of Thrones style faithful rendering of this material and how much you want for the series to remain in my control well I have heard you I have always heard you what you want is what I want you the readers made these books a success before any movie was ever made based on them and I will never forget that fact Christopher and I will be posting many questions on the page for your input as the days to come I am filled hmm. with optimism this morning about the future of my beloved Brat Prince and better way to start off a new book tour. <laughs> what better way to start off a new book tour? So that was Anne Rice's long. So I guess detail. she's back doing or caring about horror and vampires and shit. So yeah, I, don't, Fucking I, n- strange, I never man. heard about her going Christian or whatever you said it was. So uh, yeah. I have no idea, but anyway, uh, that's, that's something. I mean, is I, I don't really know much about. It actually makes sense that this would be like a TV series because if the way well, the it books sounds are, like an epic, so I would assume it, it is. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of like development and characters in these novels too that would really alternate like with TV because and like if doing like feature films, like there's so sort of like interesting characters that. From the novels that they usually cut out of these like feature length versions of these films with the TV they could actually progress them and make them their own characters so it's going to be you know TV's it's going to be like the walking dead of characters pretty much huh. <laughs> it's what we're going to get man so who knows uh, after that we have a little bit of update here uh, who knows if it's true or not but apparently Paul T. Taylor, the latest person to wear the pinhead makeup, and uh, this little article is coming from uh, Bloody Disgusting, who found it on his Facebook, said the official date for Hellraiser Judgment is March 28th, 2017. Wow, that's coming pretty fast. Mark your calendars for the party from hell, is what he said. Um, so March 28th, 2017, um, so pretty much maybe April, we can do a Hellraiser show. (laughs) Well, and that'll be what, uh, that's the 10th film in the franchise. Shit. Is that, is that a two-parter? Is that a two-parter or is that a single one? Cause that's that's 10. We're in double digits now, man. That's theoretically the biggest one. What did we do? Nine? We did nine in one, which was Children of Corn. Oh no! I guess we did Halloween. No, that was a two-parter, dude. Well, yeah, I'm just saying that was a that was a two-parter, but I'm just saying for ten films. 
Um, but yeah, we did nine Children of the Corn films in one show. Yeah, I think think anything over nine is pushing it. So that would probably be a two-parter. Hellraiser. Yeah. I'd like to see the numbers on those, how well the first part does, because it contains part one, two, and three, versus the second half, which is like six through ten. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows, man? Maybe there's people out there that are like us and are actually, would be intrigued to hear about you know people's thoughts on those later films because i don't know that, that's why i posted that poll the other day i was just curious to see how it would go like do you want us to re- do you prefer us to uh you know review good films bad films or films you haven't seen and stuff and it's kind of a mixed bag it was really. mainly obscure though right but then obscure. you look at a previous poll that happened literally within the same week <laughs> and know. every single one of the three possible films are mainstream christmas titles and this is exactly why I posted this is because of that poll. No <laughs> shit, man. I was sitting at work. I was waiting for airmail, and I was fucking sitting there. I was like, I'm gonna post this based off of that Christmas poll. And it's kind of it's kind of interesting how the results came back. And I'm like, really obscure, eh? Oh, yeah. That's not, that's not how this poll turned out. I mean, shit, man. It should have been fucking elves and I don't know, sheeton. I don't know what the other choices were, but we should be elves right now. It was the that'd be the greatest show ever: elves, sheeton, and saint. <laughs> that'd be good, man. It's good, but yeah. so yeah, Hellraiser Judgment. Um, so if we did that, it would probably be a two-part episode, or I mean, we could record it in two segments you know take a week off or whatever and record it in two segments and edit it into one segment i don't know we'll figure it out when we get there uh we're quite a ways off now i mean it's gonna be one of those shows where we say hey guys how's it going k part one and then read a synopsis so we haven't done do like that in a while i think Long we did that children of corn like we had like a brief intro and didn't we just get read into it because yep. there was nine films you to cover to. you have to <laughs> yeah uh so moving on here we have a little bit of um sort of a announcement thing. Uh, I noticed this myself because I don't know if you guys knew, but I was trying to figure out how I was going to watch the films for this week. And I seen, I knew that shutter the, um, streaming service had a lot of, uh, Italian cinema, some blue underground titles that were available for streaming. So I went and did another free trial of shutter and that's how I watched torso. Doesn't mm-hmm. full moon have, a lot of the uh, Blue Underground titles on there too on their they streaming do. service. They do. Yeah, they do. They yeah, do. That's, that's interesting. Um, so when I was watching Shutter, I noticed that one of the things that they, it was like an article, that or not like an article, but like kind of like an ad on on the Shutter website that that announced that Rob Zombie's Thirty One was going to be landing exclusively on Shutter, which is um, pretty interesting. Right, because mm. it's uh, it's that's a pretty big movie for Shutter to be getting that for its streaming service, uh, even though you know I've seen it and other people have seen it, uh, and you know a lot of people that agree with me that it's it's very disappointing and stuff. There's still a lot of a lot of mainstream you know horror fans that have not seen the film yet and are waiting for it. So um, that could definitely uh, throw up some some awesome numbers for the shutter subscription base. But, um, so I was just on shutter again, you know, this is my second trial now. 
and I pretty much have the same issues with it. Like, it has a decent lineup of films, stuff that you're not getting on Netflix. That's one positive about Shudder. Some streaming services have the same exact shit you're getting on Netflix, except for mm-hmm. less of it. Uh, Shudder yeah. is, is very different. There's there's films that are no, not on Netflix. Uh, you know, a lot of um, Italian horror, a lot of just... Um, foreign horror. They have they they have nice little setups where it's like you it's can all the good search stuff. by uh, categories <laughs> and like oh this is uh, Joe Dante's top five sh- films that are on Shutter or something. You can watch and it has a little collection of Joe Dante's films that he recommends and um, it, th- there's neat stuff like that. And they even have their own like podcast on there that you can listen to. But I think it's actually like a narrative podcast. Like it's. It's like a like you know like radio like like talk like storytelling radio type shit you know what I mean uh-huh. um like stories Weird. Uh, and Weird. um it has uh, a, a really cool feature that I actually really like um it's called Shutter TV and basically it just plays the movies that are on Shutter in a twenty four hours a day type of marathon where really and you don't know what's next so it's just like you it was kind of neat to i turned it on once when i was going to sleep and it was like grizzly and you know it's it's like you're just flipping through the tv essentially you know it's just a random horror movie from the thing and it's kind of like negates not knowing what to put on um now if they can get like a horror host or something to be in between those i think that would really 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 up like shutter's uh, value like what you get out of it because that would be that would be really neat or or even some other like original type of um maybe add like fan commentaries to it or something you know hire a couple people up who are funny and entertaining M- mystery science theater 3000 style you know what i mean Stuff there's like so much that. things you could do with that yeah. there's so much things yeah yeah and cool. they have like when you sign in you have a username like maybe open up a chat like have a chat, like make it more of a social type thing instead of just a streaming service. Mm-hmm. That, I think there's a lot of cool things that you can do with Shutter. But the yeah. coolest thing about Shutter, and mm-hmm. I'll get to that in a second. But final thing about Shutter that I think they should improve on. Um, it's one, it's not on enough devices, right? It was on my phone and my PC. Couldn't get it on the Xbox. Couldn't get it on the smart TV. Couldn't get it on a Kindle. Um, Mm-hmm. It was only I couldn't even get it on my uh, my this other tablet that I have too. So wow. um, it, it was a little. Uh, it's not on. Yeah, the, maybe it was the Kindle. Yeah, so it's not on the 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 Kindle, the uh, Xbox, the P- PlayStation, or uh, the the smart TV that I tried on. Uh, so it's only on my phone and the PC, which is kind of annoying, right? It needs to be on more devices than that. Xbox is the big one for me because that's what I mostly use um, to stream. And that's a big negative. Uh, also, there it is a little glitchy. Like, on my phone, it doesn't work very well. Um, like, it'll just restart sometimes when I'm watching something. And then on the computer, when I hit play, it, like, if my window is full screen, like... I can't – it, like, cuts off the, the page. It's, like, real awkward, and I have to go on full screen to, like, bring it back into full screen. It's, like, very hard to explain, but it basically um, it's a little buggy. And I feel like they should have that shit worked out since it's, like, full launch now. It's no longer in the beta phase. 
Yeah. So that that's a big thing for me. But besides <laughs> that, it is only four ninety nine a month. Which that's not is, a bad price. Is a very good deal. Moods, I don't know if it's available in Canada. You should look into that and report back next week or next show. Yeah, I can do that. Um, well, I, I, I just actually clicked onto it. I'm not 100% sure if it's available to stream. I mean, it lets me go to the website here. I'd have to fill out my free trial or whatever. But it, what did you say? It's $4.99 down there? Yes. So I don't – it doesn't actually tell me. So it's probably like 40 dollars here <laughs> but no I, I will do that actually yeah i'll see if i can set up a free trial and i'll check it out and do a little reporting back for yeah. sure all right cool and you know if it if it is if you can get it i expect a full review too i expect you to watch a couple things check it out yeah but, well i mean around. i might as well since we have the week off anyways it's like yeah. a, the perfect time to really do it so yeah and um, also you know what you might want to just hang on to it until 31 comes out so you can see it <laughs> you know it's actually kind of funny about that i was uh i threw on the purge three the other night me and the wife were gonna watch it and and i was like oh, i gotta go to the bathroom and uh I could hear the trailers playing, right? Mm-hmm. So I went to the bathroom and I went upstairs and grabbed something. And I came downstairs just as the trailer for 31 was ending. Like, it just ended. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, oh, that movie looks really good. <laughs> <laughs> it was like so funny. She's like, have you seen that one yet? I'm like, no, I still haven't seen it. And I like just caught like the last two. That was the first clips I've seen of 31. All right. I like of all times, so it was like just one little quick thing, but uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of funny that she said that. Thirty-one. Like, well, the consensus is it's not the greatest film. She's like, really? That's crazy. Thirty-one will but. be available December twentieth on the Shutter uh, Network, though. So there's that. Um, so after that, we have uh, just a little sort of update on um, Tremors six. Mm-hmm. Uh, Recently, Michael Gross tweeted or Facebooked out that he was growing his uh, Burt Gummer mustache because production's starting up soon. So um, that's happening. Nice. That's good uh, shit, man. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Going to make our franchise uh, void. It is. It's all void. It is like our Leprechaun franchise and like our Children of the Corn franchise and No, Phantasm. Isn't Children of the Corn still good? No, no, they're making a new one. Coming out in 2017. Oh, that's right. Yeah, shit. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, so I mean, we we can probably. They're gonna make a new Halloween movie next. Oh no! Yeah, fucking crazy. Um, I think that I think that a lot of them are safe though. Like Silent Night, Deadly Knife is safe for now. Sleepaway Camp is safe. Final Destination, I hear rumblings of a new one. Yeah, I've actually I heard about that too. So yeah. I mean, which is kind of exciting, man. I, I just don't understand what took him so long to even kind of get that going. Mm-hmm. These films were, you know, it had a nice little pace going with the releases and stuff. So yeah. no, the Howling will definitely be safe. <laughs> the how th- there's no way that they're ever making another Howling film after, you know, making seven really bad sequels. Well, I mean, the, the second Howling film is fun, but it's the only franchise out there that only legitimately has one good film. Oh, that's yeah. pathetic. Oh yeah, it's, there's it's eight the films in that franchise. It has one good film that has over four films in the franchise. Yes, eight film franchise and legitimately one good film. And then part two is just 
it, it is what it is. How you classify it. It's, it's so bad. It's not a good, good movie. It's fun. But it's, no, it's, it's not good, but it's fun. fun. I didn't even really like it that much, though, to be honest. So, anyway, I love the music film <laughs> uh anyway uh we have uh two more little pieces of news and then that's it for the news uh we got vestron video number seven and number six so number six mm-hmm. and number seven uh we have did you feel compelled to do that backwards no i just opened the pages <laughs> backwards <laughs> awesome. um so uh number six uh, if you guys don't know, Vestron Video Label is the collector series put out by Lionsgate. Uh, it made a huge splash when they announced um, some of those films that were in the uh, legendary eight packs that came out uh, in the dump bins a few years ago. Uh, those films included Return of the Living Dead 3, Blood Diner, Chopping Mall, Waxwork 1 and 2, and Chud 2. And now we're seeing a couple more films get announced. Uh, the first one, which will be the sixth release, is The Layer of the White Worm. Yes. Um, I honestly have oh. never even heard of this film. I don't know what it is. The cover looks retarded to me. Tell me, save this one for me because it looks very bad. It's, it's a good film. I, it's actually I reviewed, really good. Really? Yeah, I reviewed it in my 88 series. Yeah, it's directed by Ken Russell. It's really odd and bizarre if you've ever seen any of Ken Russell's yeah. work before. What yeah, if Ken you're familiar Russell with Ken do? Um, he directed yeah. Crimes and Punishment. You reviewed that one? Crimes of Passion. I did review that one. He directed uh, Gothic, which is a really Altered good one. Yep. Okay, so I've seen one of his films. Um, okay, I, I really like Crimes of Passion, so... Okay, but you gotta admit, dude, if you didn't know that this film was good and you seen that cover, come on. That cover looks awful. Yeah, well, I thought the same thing when I saw the cover. I was like, ugh, that doesn't really do the film much justice, but... Yeah, it's, it's kind of honest, good honestly. They, they don't spoil like what's going on in the film too, because yeah. then there's some even better watch for... I'm just saying, it films. looks like a public access TV show. Like no, like a, like a, a kid's show me, from, like, film. the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like a total mind. late eighties. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it is looks pretty bad. Like with the swirls <laughs> in the background, that looks like like some shit that would be on like PBS or something. One thing, one thing I do remember saying in my review about this film was, I actually liked Hugh Grant in this film. I can't believe I'm saying that. <laughs> something on those lines, anyways, because Hugh Grant's in this one. But it, no, it's a good film. I think going into it, um, knowing very little about it is probably a better thing. Strange, because cool, I'm not even reading the synopsis. Um, but yeah. you know, Russell also did The Devils too, man, which is just such a fucking amazing, amazing film. So, and he did, and he did Tommy the musical, which was like an acid bath mind fuck. Yeah, I've never seen that one before. But really, is just insane. Yeah, I've so, talked about that film for special times. features. We have an audio commentary with director Ken Russell, an audio commentary with Lee C. Russell in conversation with film historian Matthew Milia. Um, speaking of which, anytime I see a commentary that has a film historian on it, I instantly am more interested in watching that commentary. Uh, I think that film historians definitely add a nice element to, like, they're just smarter well, they than usually me. get them. They're smarter well, they than usually me. Get, they usually have film historians on films like that because, you know, the film itself is interesting, and obviously these guys have some pretty unique insight. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. they're not... They're not going to, you know, go grab a film historian for 
fucking I don't know, just some random shitty film. This one, it's got some pretty good layers to it, man. Okay. Pun intended. Uh, yeah, it's based off a story by Bram Stoker too. Oh, cool. So it makes sense that they would actually bring in someone that could kind of dissect the film a little more than the average person. So that's cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, it has a couple features featurettes here. It has um, Worm Food, the effects of Lair the White Worm. It has Cutting for Ken, an interview with editor Peter Davies, and Mary Mary, an interview with actress Sammy Davis. And also it has Trailers from Hell featuring an introduction and commentary with producer Dan Ireland. So I'm not sure exactly what that is. Um Mm. Trailers from Hell? Is that like a like a Horrors Hall of Grounds thing for trailers or something? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure, but I have a compilation. I think it's actually titled Trailers from that's, Hell. That's which is what tra- I was kind of thinking about. I, I don't think it would be the same one, though. That would be really strange. Hmm. Well, I don't there, know. You know, a little breaking news here. Uh, there is a Trailers from Hell website, which I just clicked on. And I'm seeing what it is. So it looks like um, hmm, there's an ad for Shutter. Uh, <laughs> there's it looks like they just uploaded trailers. It came from the blog, which has some DVD reviews and stuff. So I'm not exactly sure if this is connected. But anyway, <laughs> um, moving <laughs> along here, our second announcement was the one that I was pretty excited about. And that is the seventh Vestron title, and that is Parents, uh, the 1986, seven? Something like that, yeah. Um, awesome. I, I need a third copy of that. Got it on VHS and DVD, so why not? You know what? I had it on DVD, and when I bought it on DVD, I was so pumped, and then I just never got around to watching it never in history so uh now i'm gonna end up having on blu-ray and literally (laughs) bought it on dvd for the movie and just never got to it so um i'm excited to upgrade this one because i have it in that uh six movie pack yeah that's how i have it as well the parents is a film that i actually seen on monster vision as a kid um and my and for years i didn't remember what the movie was called had no idea this was back in the day where you, there was like not really a guide, so you couldn't see what was on TV. You had to like go. There actually used to be a channel. All the kids out there, there used to be a channel dedicated to telling you what was on TV. Like it was like channel five for me. You go to channel five. And it, just it was like channel eight for me. It yeah, had yeah. This I scrolling know. bar of like what's on the TV. TV. You had to guide wait channel. like sixty-five seconds for it to cycle around. To <laughs> remember shit. that shit, man. So, uh, remember they started putting infomercials on it too. Oh yeah, yeah. They commercials on the commercial TV channel. Episodes on it. I remember watching Punked on there. Yeah, yeah. It's that seventy really? show. Yeah. Travis Barker getting all mad. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah. So I, I remembered watching it. Didn't know the name of it. Years later, somebody told me what it was when I explained to him about it. Um, and basically, uh, this one is one that I've always wanted to revisit. Whether it'll hold up from my childhood memory of like nineteen ninety seven or 96 or whatever who knows um but this one has an audio commentary with director bob balaban and producer bonnie balaban (laughs) Uh, isolated score selections audio interview with composer jonathan elias uh featurettes there's four of them uh leftovers 
to be with screenwriter christopher hawthorne mother's day with actress mary beth hurt inside out with director of photography robin vigion vintage vintage tales with decorative consultant yolanda kumo uh, theatrical trailer radio spots still gallery so um i'd like to see that they're still putting a solid amount of features on these uh restaurant titles um the numbers look good uh it's gonna look great on the shelf together so uh hopefully the only complaints i'm hearing about them is the eco cases yeah they didn't have that for the wax, wax the waxwork edition that, that one felt like a brick but yeah the eco cases are kind of a I, I don't under like I hate eco cases because it's just it, there's that potential there of your artwork going through that shitty case, mm-hmm. which I'm sure it's happened to you guys. You go it's probably yeah. happened to Blu-ray in your collection that has been, you know, forever altered by those shitty fucking uh, eco cases. I know I have a couple. I hate especially, that shit. Wait, you package in the mail and it's fucking. You know what's that? What'd you say? I said altered. I I don't. I've never. I've only had one issue ever with an eco case and i don't even blame it on the eco case because i feel like i I bought it used and i just feel like it was like that already. oh man i've had a couple of packages come in the mail and it's just like the things kind of poke through I'm yeah like, poke through fuck? like holes in them and shit yeah like that's um, weak like i've had my hills run red the uh paper where like the little eco like cutouts are the paper is like ripped through there um but that I like I said I bought it used, so I don't even know if it was the eco case or the guy who had it. But I, well, I've I actually mean, it, said it, this on the post. I've had is more from issues the with case, arrow regardless of, yeah. than eco so, cases. Yeah. I've had more <clears throat> arrow cases break on me than eco cases. It's crazy. I don't I have like <laughs> like a shit ton arrow. I don't have one broken arrow case. I have except three. for one that that uh that Terry sent me. It got it looked like someone actually jumped up and down on the case. That's it, looks like, it looked like I sat on it. Yeah, it was unbelievable, man. It was just flat. It was crazy. Um, actually, my copy of, I think, Slugs came broken. What the fuck? That's mm-hmm. so crazy. So, um, yeah, I man, don't think air cases are that incredible. good, man. I really don't. Like, they seem to break easy. For me. That's crazy. It's on. It's so weird because I don't have any that are broken, and I've made a lot of orders right from Arrow. They package their shit well too. Man. Maybe because mm-hmm. you. Well, you, I've never ordered from Arrow US. I mean UK. So maybe that's the difference. I didn't even know you could order from Arrow US. I mean, well, <laughs> I thought that was Amazon, well, you could order, Canada. Well, you could order from or, uh, fucking yeah, Amazon. Amazon, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, where the hell is that website? It's ridiculous. Uh, it's got to be like the number one question that people ask them on a daily basis. Like, where is the American site for, for Arrow? I mean, you guys have been launched for years. I mean, what's going on here? So, <laughs> Anyway, that wraps up the news. Sweet. Sweet shit. All right. So let's get into the DVD and Blu-ray releases for... Uh, well, okay. What, what I'm going to start doing here now, because I had this kind of brain... I was brain idea. What I'm having a brain fart right now. But anyways, um, I was thinking about it, and since we've been recording the podcast on Sundays and posting like you know on Wednesday, which is technically the day after the new releases come out, um, it seems like they're being posted late. It just seems like it's they're an afterthought. You know, it's like 
the shit came out yesterday. Why the fuck are we hearing about this now? Mm-hmm. Um, so I figured instead of, you know, doing it a day past, let's do the releases for the week that, you know, is actually coming up. So when this gets posted mm-hmm. on Wednesday, it'll actually be the releases for December 6th. But, you know, in the light of that right there, I'm I'm actually going to tell you a couple releases that are actually coming out this Tuesday because there's like three notable ones and that's it. I'll mm-hmm. just name them off really quick. Uh, first off, we got Don't Breathe is coming out December tw- or, uh, November 29th. Um, we've talked about Don't Breathe many times. I think we kind of did a mini review of it last show, didn't we? <laughs> or yeah. something like that. Uh, then we, from Raro Video, we got uh, Sacrifice, the Blu-ray Sacrifice from Umberto Lenzi. Uh, yes. Maybe we'll cover that next year. I don't know. Um, also known as Man, of, Man from Deep River. Um, kind of the film that started off the cannibal genre. And we have this brand new one called The Demolisher. And it, in a way, looks like a... Uh, um, it's like, like a, a rare cop. Yeah, it's like a revenge film. Yeah, so it's something like that. So I don't know it, it looks kind of cool. I heard it's not really the greatest, but I don't know. It's from the director of In the Flies and the House of Flies, and yeah, that's which I, really, I like that movie. I like yeah, that movie. That was sweet. So, but yeah, I thought I would mention those because it was really quick. But um, getting into the releases for December sixth, and there actually seems to be quite a few of them. Uh, first up here from Scream Factory, part of their IFC Midnight line, we got the Devil's Dolls. Um, I thought this was probably the one that I wasn't, or I was kind of like the least, you know, interested in, I would say. Uh, I th- They seem to have some interesting titles, which we'll get to here in a minute. But uh, The Devil's Dolls, um, next up here from, who's actually putting this out? The 30th Anniversary of Henry. I can't click on it. It's Dark it must, Sky. Uh, Dark Sky. It, it is actually Dark Sky. Okay. I was just wondering if they retain the rights to it. But so uh, we're getting like a brand new transfer, a, like kind of like a new thing for Henry, which is kind of cool. Um, mm-hmm. I got to say, man, I is don't really care for this. Is that on Blu-ray? Yeah. It Dark is. Sky actually on Blu-ray. Okay. Uh, and I, I think this is like a new 4K transfer it or something. Is. But I, I got to say, man. I don't read the website. I've been posting every update on that. <laughs> uh, I do, but I don't. You know, I'm not like I'm so <laughs> fucking busy, but uh I gotta say, man, I'm not a big fan of this artwork at all. If this is the actual cover to it, really don't care for it too much. But yeah, whatever. You guys know about the film. Uh, and then next up here, we got uh, the remastered version of Phantasm, which I gotta say, man, I'm really stoked. And uh, I got a feeling that lots of us are gonna end up buying this in Ravenger, and then they're gonna announce the box set, and then we're gonna buy it again. Mm-hmm. Is that is that is that what's gonna happen here? Yeah, I don't Good. know. I wouldn't buy. It. Honestly, <laughs> listen. I'm uh I'm probably not supposed to say this considering like they send me review copies for these but I wouldn't buy them man like I would I would wait on the box set like I I obviously haven't seen them yet or reviewed them yet but just based off of my general opinion uh, I I say wait for the box set um well that's the thing right like I mean we know that this box set is coming out eventually and I mean, we don't know that for 100% sure. I mean, I'm sure they still got to figure out something. Well, go USA still has to figure out something with Screen Factory, I'm assuming. Because doesn't Screen Factory still have the rights to part two? So, I don't know. But I imagine that this box is probably going to drop. But uh, I don't know, man. If you can't wait, then grab. I mean, they're not that Phantasm. expensive. So if you, can, if you can buy Phantasm Remastered for 18 bucks. And you can watch it, and then when the box set comes out, you can sell it for ten. You only lost eight dollars, yeah, or whatever. I mean, that's just, right. These th- ones. Just think of it as you went and seen a fucking movie, which cost twelve dollars. So yeah, 
And of course, uh, the remastered version of Phantasm uh, is coming out. You can't have that without Phantasm Ravage Ravenger. Um, yeah, I mean, the consensus is not really the great. I haven't really heard too many people say it was like, wow. I feel like awesome. the only people that are giving it props are people who are not Phantasm fans. Like, it's or probably at least not it's the probably a good assessment. Fans. Like yeah. they're a fan of the franchise. Mm-hmm. Listen, I liked it. Like I, I had a decent time watching it, but it is nowhere near the other four films. Mm-hmm. It's just not, and it's in in that regard, it's disappointing. Does disappointing mean it's a terrible movie? No, disappointing just means my personal excitement yeah, exactly. for the film. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, but I, I was I, I was very convinced that this was going to happen, anyways. You know, because this film is mm-hmm. coming a lot of years after the last one, and you know, it's not Coscarelli, you know, directing. I mean, there was there's all these kind of elements that are already making you kind of go. This probably might feel a lot different, and uh, you that know, seems to be everybody the always just... gave props to Phantasm. Um, the original because Coscarelli was like, yeah, we filmed it on the weekend over like a two and a half year period. Like it was just me and my buds making a movie and everybody like gives yeah. that props like because it's awesome that they did that. Well, in yeah. this film, they did the same thing, but it feels like they did that. So <laughs> like, that's not what you don't give them props for that. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, I still but, want to uh, check it out, though. No, I, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to checking it out. I mean, I have to see it. I, I love Phantasm the franchise so you know it's inevitable uh next up here from arrow we got pulse um this is the what year did the this pulse film come this out this actually got pushed back <laughs> what the fuck is that what this actually this got pushed back till january it got pushed back till january oh it did actually it, that's, Why? it's actually seen that too i didn't even hear that that got pushed oh. back because people are already reviewing copies yeah i already have a copy Really? Yeah, I actually seen a bunch of reviews for this, so that's really strange. I didn't realize it got pushed. Like, they sent out review copies. Copy. They sent out review copies and they got pushed back. That's fucking strange. Yeah, because it was on the February thing uh, of releases that's coming on February or January. Well, so why would they? About, why would they send good out that copies? They push the shit back because Arrow has been having it. Like I don't know about you guys, but I've been getting my arrows like after release date. And I almost feel like it's not even worth me reviewing because eight people have a review up already. And it's yeah. annoying. Um, but, yeah, this one... So I'm glad they put this back. Now I have time to review it. And, uh, yeah, to answer your question, it came out in 2002, dummy. Oh, yeah, that's right. Did <laughs> <laughs> For some weird reason, I, I think it? I even Isn't might, that, might no, have... Wait, said... Pulse? Yeah, I think I even no, mentioned that really? too. I always think this movie came out in 2001. No, no, no. For I was some... thinking of Dark Water, dude. I didn't get a copy of this. I was thinking of Dark Water. I didn't even know Pulse was coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We knew Pulse was coming out. We were talking about it before. But uh, I don't know when Pulse... I can't remember exactly, but... Anyways, I guess I got pushed back, so whatever. <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, this next one right here... Yeah, Arrow does that from time to time. And Yeah, I don't know. But... Uh, this one right here, man, actually kind of made me laugh. So I talk about it. It's called the Call Up. Um, <laughs> it's really it's getting released by uh, Lionsgate, and it looks like it's one of these video game type virtual reality, state of the art virtual reality video game type film. Um, really? 
Did you guys ever see that one that came out in the early 2000s, uh, Stay Alive? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, don't, Frankie Muniz. I don't mind Stay Alive. I didn't yeah. mind it. I, I, it could have been a lot better. Like, I liked the premise of it, and there was some, like, bad moments in the film, but <laughs> I actually didn't mind the film, though. It was yeah, I didn't mind it either. It was yeah, good. It was a decent watch. It's not... I think that's kind of what this one is. It's like a video game type thing. I don't know. And then, of course, we have Dead Rising Endgame. What the no, fuck? Another video game movie. Exactly. I'm like, how random is that? Uh, this one's released by Sony. I don't know. I don't really know much about Dead Rising, to be honest. <laughs> oh, the games are like just like you just beat the shit out of a bunch of zombies in certain areas, make your own <laughs> weapons and stuff. Well, that sounds all right. Uh, next up here from Sony, we got a film called Jack Goes Home. <laughs> <laughs> the cover art is fucking tripping me out, too. The way the hands are over the eye. I don't know. It's fucking weird. Uh, it doesn't really great but i don't know who knows <laughs> exactly yeah. um, then we got another one here from lionsgate lionsgate and sony man pumping out all these kind of uh straight to dvd films this one's called the remains uh f- looks very very generic very very generic um yeah but uh this one right here i was actually kind of intrigued that 20th century fox is releasing this the complete first season of screen queens and 20th century fox putting this out it's interesting. Well, it's a Fox show. Oh, is that who does the show? Yeah, Fox. Oh, fuck. I had no idea, man. I'm like, I barely <laughs> watch TV, man. Shit. I did not know that was on fucking Fox. <laughs> Crazy, man. Because I, I didn't think Fox produced any good TV shows anymore. Because aren't they just notorious for producing, like, tons of shit? So, yeah, whatever. Mm. Uh, have you seen it? I've seen a few pre- episodes. I didn't mind it. That's interesting. Man, I can't believe that Fox did that because I've heard lots of good things about it. And I just assumed that, you know, it was definitely not Fox. (laughs) But you know how it is. Uh, Another one here from Lionsgate. And this one is called Trash Fire. Not 100% (laughs) sure if it's full-blown horror. I mean, it definitely looks like it. But it's got such a terrible cover, man. Oh, this is so bad. So bad. Look at Lionsgate and Sony just pumping out shit. It's crazy. They're like pulling wild eyes right now. I know. I know. That's kind of funny, right? Considering there hasn't been a lot of Wild Eye releases as of recently. Strange. Because they were pumping out like left and right. Uh, and then uh, we got one here from Anchor Bay. Anchor Bay. Still around. Every once in a while putting out some. And it's called The Unspoken. <laughs> it's just like, I, fuck, man, these movies, man, come on. From the producer of Insidious and the executive producer of The Devil Inside and Paranormal Activity. I love the ones that say, like, the from producer one... and executive producers. Like, who gives a fuck, man? I, I love the ones that say, like, from one producer of Insidious. <laughs> like, <laughs> one producer, exactly. <laughs> uh, fucking hilarious. Uh, and I think that's actually going to do it for the releases. Um, unless you guys have any more... Hmm. That are coming out. I know that there's more films coming out. Well, I know Bloodshot came out this... Well, last week, and we didn't mention that one last show. Oh, yeah, Bloodshot. I know there's a film called Siren that's coming out. Have you guys heard about this one? It's, it's, a, yeah, it's a VHS uh, spinoff. Segment. Yeah, it's yeah, a segment yeah, that's what it is. Expanded into like a whole short. Okay. Yeah, yeah so yeah, apparently it's, that it's not just a remake of that segment. It's apparently oh, it's like a prequel? Origins. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's the... Yeah, that's right. Okay, that one. I it's like the wedding, it. It's the wedding day one. 
No. It's cool. What? The what? It says one week before his big wedding day, Jonah no, and his It's groomsmen. the one with. It's the fucking best one in all of the VHS movies. It's the first segment in the first VHS movie. It's Amateur Night. I like you. The chick. That's the one that they made? That's the one that they made? Yeah, the only one that had potential. (laughs) That's definitely the best segment in all three VHS movies. Uh, I'm not sure. I think the cult ones. I don't think so, man. The cult ones are not scary, though. I love the. I love the last two segments in VHS 2. I think those are probably my two favorite ones, to be honest. I love that alien one, man. I thought that one was really good. Yeah, it's yeah, good. Not scary. Good. Not scary like the VHS Siren one. <laughs> well, I guess it all depends on personal fre- preference on what's no, scary listen, what isn't listen, scary. The, the Amateur Night one actually is, like, it's scary. I showed it to three people. All three people said that it. Was oh well, scary. then this is official. Three people, I, and this is I this is an official stat it, now. Right? You, you <laughs> dickheads were not scared by any of them. Therefore, I win by default. Oh man, I thought the gu- I thought the fucking alien I the, one. I was scared of the cult one. The I mean, alien one, yeah, I thought was creepy as shit, man. That thing was creepy, man. <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought it was creepy. No, they're all but. good. Um, but anyway, uh, VHS yeah. three, no. No. So what is I guess are you doing two release week releases of the week release of the weeks <laughs> um yeah I don't know now nah, I'll just I'll I'll just do it for you know December sixth I guess why pussy well I guess I could <laughs> <laughs> I guess so right <laughs> um so what do we have for yeah, this or October, Jesus Christ, November 29th. So I got three films to choose from: Don't Breathe, Sacrifice, and Demolition. Well, shit, man, I haven't seen one of them, and uh, the other two are good. I would probably, I would probably say, just based on my own experience, I would say probably pick up Sacrifice by Umberto Lenzi. But everybody and their dog is going to go out and pick up Don't Breathe anyway, so it's probably going to be this year's hot seller. So. Uh, but I'm going to go with uh, Man from Deep River for that week right there. And, you know, I'm kind of this one right here. I'm really kind of torn on because of like Phantasm and, and Phantasm Ravenger. Um, mm-hmm. I can't highly recommend just picking up the solar release. I mean, if you're a massive fan, but if you already know that they're going to be releasing a box set, I mean, what's the point? You know, unless you want these for individual artworks. I don't know. I guess it depends on what kind of movie collector you are. Yeah. yeah. Personally, I love box sets. I mean, I've been waiting a long time to see a Phantasm box set get released in, in Region 1 anyways. Um, How are you guys on that cover art? For the Phantasm? It's okay. It, like you know, it. it's all right. I, I don't yeah, really care for bad. it. It's all right. I actually, I actually think, I just, I, I'm, I'm almost like a pass on it because like it's Phantasm and it's cool because it has like all the stuff on it. But mm. I don't like the cartoon shell shade like pop art look. Like I actually hate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, it's you know it's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but you know it is representative of the film of the film. So you know, um, but you know for this week, I am probably gonna straight up recommend getting Henry from Dark Sky Films. I mean. I personally really love the film, and this is like a brand new transfer of the, of the film and shit. So, but again, don't recommend the cover art. 
don't think that's the actual cover art. I hope it isn't actually, because wow, that's kind of atrocious. It's just too yeah. close. It's just too close, man. But but yeah, no, I'll go with Henry the, uh, the brand oh, yeah. from Dark Sky from eighty six. Yeah. Yes, nineteen eighty six oh. and uh, Sacrifice. So pick up those ones. Pick up those. And that Pick is going to do it for the DVD and Blu-ray releases for two weeks right there. Uh, moving along into uh, voicemails and questions, I'm pretty sure that we got uh, some lined up here. We have, JV? we have just a single question. Um, Damn! There was, I think, two voicemails that I didn't get to this week. Um, we'll handle them when they get them. Usually, sometimes we like to let them build up a little bit. So we have a couple or, or something like mm-hmm. that. So um, we have one from James Cox. And uh, is this the one from Finland? Finland. Finland. Okay. Uh, he says, hey, gents, as always, I enjoyed the last pod. It's a great listening to all you, all of your thoughts because you have such different point of views, especially with these Italian movies. It makes uh, it makes it really interesting. Anyway, I have a suggestion for a future pod. Seeing as the poll feature on the Facebook is so popular at the moment, which it is, it definitely is, I thought mm-hmm. I'd use it. The idea is to pick a film for each of you from the year of your birth, but we, the Facebook group, choose it. I thought this would be interesting because what I'd want Moods or Derek to review would be very different to what I'd want J- uh, review for JP. All three would be different. Anyway, I know you have a lot of future shows planned out. This is just another suggestion. Keep up the good work, Chars. And um, so, hmm. uh, pretty interesting idea. Uh, what? Let's see. When, when were you born, Moods? 81? 1980. 80? Derek, when were you born? 86. So, 86. Like, obviously, you fucks got, like, <laughs> like I'm going to get Leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, I I'm born in 91 which I don't know if you guys know this or not but the 90s sucked for horror movies did you guys know this <laughs> um so like some of the stuff like people under the stairs child's play as a whole they Elm suck I mean, but there is good films there's decent ones like there there's some okay ones from 91 I guess but um, there's good films in every year of the 90s it's just when you look at the 90s as a whole it's well, just, it's not well, even when to you the, look at ninety one as a whole, it's terrible. Like, so they want us to do it like in the what we watch segment or uh, the no, featured it's a, review. It's the show, you know. The yeah, like, I don't know the featured reviews. I mean, the fucking howling howling six on here, man. Jesus, for ninety one, we got like fucking necromantic two, silent night deadly night five. Oh, begotten came out in ninety one. That's kind of cool. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that's kind of an interesting idea. It would be a weird mix of movies. I mean, I I would be in favor of doing it for what we watched. Just because, mm-hmm. listen, when, it, when some of you guys mentioned shows, and do you know what I think of instantly? I don't think about how the show goes or how, how uh, the conversations go. I always, my mind instantly snaps the thumbnails. That's what I think of first. And uh-huh. when I think of putting, like, Child's Play 3 with, like, fucking The Fly and, <laughs> like... <laughs> some, Class of Nuke. 
class of Nukem uh, High. Like, I just can't find a way to make that thumbnail work. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, just, I mean, such a strange show, man. Child's Play Three, Freddy's Dead, <laughs> yeah, and like, and like the Omen Four. Oh my god, <laughs> it's, it's like a mess <laughs> of films, man. Which would never happen because mm. I mean, we're gonna eventually cover those three franchises, right? I mean, yeah. come on. we have to do them. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but I like where your head's at. Keep sending in ideas. Um, that's something that uh, we could definitely probably do that for what we watched. Let the Facebook group to pick a, a movie for, for the year of our birth. Yeah, it'll be, then, it, it's like a themed what we watched. I don't yeah. really think we've ever done that before. It's yeah. Gonna, that's cool. So yeah. Yeah, cool. That, uh, yeah. Hey, throw it up on the Facebook page, and we'll get to it when we get to it. But um. James, I'm putting you in charge of that. Uh, so yeah, that is the questions. Wow, that was really fast. Ninety one has a lot of really terrible. Or it has a lot of sequels. It just has a lot of. It has like I'm just looking at this quickly, and it's like Silent Night, Deadly Night Five came out that year. Transfers Two, Scanners Two, which is a piece of shit. No, Scanners Master cool. Two. No, it's not. Puff Master Two is actually kind of fun. Never seen it. Two. Like, there's just so many sequels. Like, the more notable films in here are sequels. It's ridiculous. Yep. It's 976 Evil 2, directed by Jim Warnowski, of course, from Choppy Mall fame. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's good shit, man. But, yeah, 91 comparatively to 86, which, ironically enough, we're going to be doing a show on a top 10 show in 1986. So, mm. That's a good year, man. There's a lot of fucking films. I actually just reviewed a film from 86 on Body Bags today. Necropolis. You did, actually, yeah. Yeah. I watched Necropolis actually a couple weeks back. It's trashy fun. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So that wraps up the questions. All right. So I don't think we have any knowledge this week. Nope. And, uh, you know... Morbid fact, I am actually going to save for a future episode, which will be the Christmas episode. So the morbid fact for this week will just be fuck Rumor. Fuck Rumor. Fuck you. Ever since Dave ruined it for me, man. Fuck Dave. I know. I know. I know. Dave Dave pulled like a My Cousin Vinny move. Like, you know what I learned? (laughs) Yeah, true that, right? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, shit. Fucking Dave. Ah, uh, who knows? Who knows, man? But no, it'll it'll be coming back. I've got I've got one for you know the Christmas show. So, but anyways, that is going to conclude mood swings, and uh, yeah, let's get into um, the featured reviews. You guys yes. Do that? Yes, absolutely. This is the grand finale of Italian Horror Month. I know, man. It's like it's it's so sad. You know, it, it's know. been very satisfying throughout this whole month as usual. But, you know, when all good things come to an end, it's kind of sad. It is. I've had a lot of fun with this month, you know, just revisiting most of these. Well, I shouldn't say most of these. All these films. (laughs) All these films were not first time watches for me. But, um, but yeah, man, you know. I I feel like this month versus last or this month's Italian Horror Month versus last year's Italian Horror Month. Mm -hmm. um, Man, I don't know. I don't know which one I enjoyed more. Like. If you take week one from last year and week one from this year, I like this year's better. Um, Argento versus Argento. Uh, this Argento trilogy is better. 
Um, the Falchi, if we matched up Falchi last year's was better to me. Um, Gates of Hell is is really good, and these films that we reviewed this year, you know, um, good as well. Two of them I really, 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 really dug. The other one was decent. Um, mm-hmm. And then, but I loved Sylve. And I yeah, also I love Bava, but I think I would give the nod to Save. Mm-hmm. And then I think that if I matched up Mario Bava versus uh, Sergio Martino, um, that'd be an interesting. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I it's re- both of them are really good. Both uh, the, the lineups. Oh, just tons of good pound. shows. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. The the lineups of movies pound for pound is is very. The faulty show was pretty good for me because it was there was a little debate with us you know with like zombie and stuff, so it was really interesting to hear like our different views of certain things about that film and just in the films in general that we talked about during that episode. Yep. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I mean, the one film I knew that was I thought would be all over the place was Cat in the Brain. You know, just based on like how the film is and stuff, and you know, it pretty much kind of went I, I, more or less the way I kind of thought it was going to. But it, it's such a weird film; it's such a strange film. So, definitely the oddball out of the two years of Fulci, that's for but, sure. But plus, Brandon just mixing characters from films up, mm-hmm. and that was yeah, funny. He, he, he was confusing everybody with that shit. I'm like, what are you talking <laughs> about? Dude? The fuck? Like, that, who the fuck's Doctor Egon? Movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's get into this. Um, yeah, so of course, week four here on Italian Month, and uh, we're going to be talking about Sergio Martino, yes, uh, a director that um, that I personally really, really love. And you know, when you talk about you know very uh, notable uh, Italian directors, Martino's name doesn't come up a lot. I think it's coming up a little bit more now that his films are getting re-released. Um, mm-hmm. You know, most mostly notably like. Uh, your vice is locked room and only I have the key, which is going to be the first film up tonight. You know, with the re-release of that film, that's been, you know, got, getting a lot of buzz. More and more people have been, I guess, Checking almost introduced to Sergio Martino in a sense. You know, I know yeah. some people have seen his films before. They've seen Alligator, probably have maybe seen Torso and stuff. But, you know, some of his other films need to get released, like All the Colors of the Dark, which I've never seen myself, which was me done ne- just before. Yeah, me neither. Twice. And uh, The Case of Scorpion's Tale is a really hard one to find, too. But, mm-hmm. um but, you know, he's done some really notable giallos. Apparently those films are really good. Uh, Your Strange Vice of, of Miss Worth uh, is a film that he did, I think, the year before Your Vice. And this one is a really good film. It's got a great soundtrack and stuff. And you can kind of see, because I watched this film actually about three, four weeks ago, sometime in this month anyways. Uh-huh. And, yeah, I posted a picture on, on Instagram of it and stuff. And uh, it was kind of a revisit for me. And, I, you know, I wanted to watch something that would kind of pre- was pre your vice and stuff and just kind of compare you know his styles and stuff and man he grew like in a year or two it's it's really insane how he did that so but but uh, Sergio Martino dipped into lots of different uh, subgenres I don't think he really does horror films anymore I don't think he's done one in a long time which is kind of sad um, yeah he even did some westerns and yeah he did westerns he did like you know sex comedies and you know he's done a lot of dramas and thrillers as recently you know, I never know which one of these guys are alive every time we do a director. Yeah, he's still alive. Yeah, I know yeah, he is. It, I, get, I found that out yesterday. <laughs> do you know, do you ever right. notice with a lot of these, you know, these old school Italian directors, their later films in their in their filmography are all TV movies? Like, it's like Lamberto <laughs> Bob is like that. Everyone just seems to go to TV. They're just like, fuck, man. Screw the, screw the studios and stuff. We'll just work for TV kind of thing. But uh, it seems like that's the consensus with Sergio Martino also, but... 
He also yeah. directed Screamers, which is a kind of like he directed. Screamers is an interesting film, um, and then he kind of like I don't know if it's like a remake or whatever, but the uh, the Fishman and their Queen is it's a sequel. It's like, it is, but it incorporates footage from Screamers and stuff. It, it's got yeah. a lot of from that film, and I think it even incorporates uh, footage from 2019 and stuff. It's kind of like yeah. this mash films, and so that's kind of a strange one. <clears throat> but you know what, um, man? This shit got like six writers again, man. What's up with these Italian fools not being able to fucking write without a team? <clears throat> Maybe they're all TV writers or something. That's just how they work. They work <laughs> it's crazy, dude. Like they like. <laughs> Like I feel like that's part of why like certain like certain things are harder to pick up is because there's so many fucking people writing this shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that is true. That is true. Uh, but yeah, let's get into this. Uh, from 1972, and probably one of the longest titles you're ever gonna hear. Your vice is a locked room, and and only I have the key. It's just it's a mouthful. It's a mouthful. Did you guys watch uh, this film with the? Um, oh no, I guess that's Torso that has the. Uh, Eli Roth introduction, but Eli Roth does a, a special feature. There's a special feature on this. Did you guys happen to watch that special feature? I did. Yeah. I have. I've watched it okay. twice now. Yeah, cool. Cool stuff. I was going to um, mention that later. Yeah, cool. Just I was curious if you guys did that or not. Um, Question for you: Which version of the film did you watch? Uh, the I'm Italian. There's the oh, Italian, what? and there's the. Uh, English. Like, are you talking audio version? Yeah, there's on the Blu-ray that uh, Arrow put out. There's two versions of the film: the Italian I, version and the English version. Yeah, I always watch it in <clears throat> in whatever they actually filmed it. And that film was actually done in Italian, so I watched that one in Italian. Derek. Torso was actually Torso was shot in English. But... Derek, I watched it in English. Did you really? Yeah. Wow. I watched it in both. Nice. I nice. watched it. I watched both versions. Look at that. One in English, one in Italian, and one has to go overboard. <laughs> fucking do both. Look at that shit. <laughs> <laughs> ah, shit. All right. There's differences. Um, there definitely is differences. Differences in, like, what the di- obviously in the dialogue, right? Well, but yeah, but differences in dialogue can kind of morph the story as well a little bit. You know? It adds, I guess. It adds complete different feelings emotions to what you feel. see that's why i can't watch like like the english version to me would just see it would come off strange i don't know i i figure it, like tell the tell the intro to what the story's about and then i'll give you an example of something okay so yeah the, the synopsis on imdb here is really long so i don't know if this comes off a little bit ridiculous then it's kind of given plot point i don't know okay uh how do you pronounce the guy's name Alavero. Olivero? Yeah. Olivero? Olivero? Yeah, it's Olivero. kind of a weird. Olivero. Olivero is a burned out Olivero. writer. Olivero. <laughs> Olivero. That's yeah, what it there is. you go. Olivero. That's such a weird name. Olivero is a burned out writer living at his estate near Venice. His dead mother dominated his imagination. He is also a degenerate, sleeps with his maid and his ex students, hosts Bacalana for local hippies. I'm assuming that's like an Italian word for parties. I don't know. Uh, and humiliates his wife, Irina, in front of strangers. She lives in terror. <laughs> I love reading these. When a young woman is murdered, police suspect Oliviero. Uh, things get complicated when his young, beautiful, self-confident niece, Flor- uh, Floriana, Florana, uh, pays an unexpected visit. 
a silver-haired stranger observes more women die and thoughts of harming arena uh, arena i don't know how the fuck to say her name uh give of uh, olivero new inspiration what's florina's game and who's the observant stranger watching all this is a black cat named satan <laughs> that fucking storyline that's that's so a funny. crazy synopsis uh, yeah, it's just so broken. It's written so brokenly. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's essentially what it is, man. We got this Oliviera character. Um, he's a total piece of shit. And, you know, this is what he is. He's bummed out because his writing career has kind of come to a halt. He's out of ideas and he's resorted to drinking very, very heavily. Mm-hmm. Um focusing on his mother and, you know, how she obviously dominated his life and stuff and he can't get past mm-hmm. that. But he is literally that guy that is taking out his aggressions on the people around him. He beats on his wife. He rapes her. He fucking um, humiliates. He does all this crazy, crazy shit. And we, and we get to see all this type of things happening. And of course, when someone dies, the police start investigating. And that, then we got our story from there. So, so um, oddly enough, this movie is not even categorized as a horror film on IMDb. It's only yeah, a thriller. It's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. IMDb should have a category for giallos. Yeah, I know they should, but they don't. Right. That's weird. Yeah. That is weird that they don't. Um, I always, I always thought that was funny too, actually, because it would make a little bit more sense. Would it? It would make everything easier to find on here for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, clicking giallos. You know. <laughs> so uh, I'll tell you one thing. This is now my third time watching this film, and I think I got the most out of it this time. Um, the first time, you at, admittedly, used on this one. Huh? Were you confused on this one? No. But the first time that I watched it back in when the set came out, I thought it was a little... I I didn't think it was confusing, but I just didn't think that... Like, I don't... Like, for example, um, it's not easy to come across that this guy is, like, an alcoholic. Like, they don't show a lot of him drinking or, like, typical behavior of an alcoholic other than his angry outbursts. Um, It's mentioned once in dialogue that he's a drug addict but it's very 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 just briefly touched over and it's actually different in both versions i can't remember the exact quotes but um one Mm -hmm. one it's less noticeable uh Mm -hmm. so like there's things like that where you're just like okay i I actually kind of disagree i mean they do show quite a bit of him it's not blatant drinking, but he is drinking. But there is scenes where you know you can see the J and B bottles around, and you know his wife yeah. knocking him over, and like they're they're visibly present. Yeah, but in the I just film. thought that he was a, like they had a party, so there's these are all the leftover bottles from that party because the opening scene is a party. Well, n- yeah, I know, but like I'm talking about the bottles in his bedroom, his bottles in his bedroom, which is actually f- like way after the party. Like there's a scene where they gotta get kind of get knocked over and stuff, and that is after that party. Well, you know, I mean, sometime who knows when the timeline is? I just, but. I just assumed that it was like you know, this is a giant ass house. There's fucking bottles everywhere. I don't know. Like, but I he, never action, got this. But sense his actions that... are. I mean, let's face it, man. His actions are definitely the re- the direct result of drinking way too much fucking you know scotch or whatever he's drinking and shit. Like the guy is. Um, visibly... I don't know, man. I never, I never looked. He never seems drunk in any scene that he's in. Not a single scene does he seem drunk. But a lot of alcoholics don't, though. They they just they're just fucking they have that asshole <laughs> demer about them and and that's what they are they're just fucking mean people yeah. and you yeah. get that a lot in him with everybody he's just a fucking asshole is what he is yeah he's like the mm. Italian David Hess yeah he's he's like kind of a jerk I mean like I never really saw him as like overly 
like even in I the mean, scene the thing the like, things with his wife with the like rape and stuff like it never when i was watching it the first time it never seemed like i was getting the impression that it's like oh this is what they do like they that they, they're about like domination like i thought i was getting the sense that that, that it was really because like, she's like visibly freaked out man but see, but then there's shots of her where she doesn't seem like that well she's also out. giving like, it it just like she seems to like that like they have a thing like i don't know i just i the first time i seen it i didn't get that that he was like this big like well woman, she says she like, says in dialogue like she's like fucking scared like she's scared for her life and stuff and mm-hmm. there's points where she he's specifically doing things to her and she's kind of letting him because she's so terrified on what might actually happen next if she decides to maybe who knows yeah, fight but, back whatever but, but is she she's though? living in fear is but she, she says it. is oh, yeah. she though of course she is are you sure yeah it's Are all you... part of her master plan uh <laughs> i don't think that i i think that she wasn't man like you you don't think a lot of the stuff that was happening in the first half of the film was or you know i mean we get we get these direct images of you know how he is and then you don't you don't think the things that are happening after are direct results of um what is what he's doing to her um no i really because i mean if you've read the black cat story i mean this is very very uh i mean or even seen multiple dish or you know versions of the story and stuff they all kind of play out very similar yeah i mean in a sense these are very yeah. much revenge films and <laughs> yeah i mean you have to have something to go on and that is her being dominated and treated like a piece of shit and quite visibly he, she was like a complete piece of meat to him because yeah but like, i just feel like i feel like that um yeah i think that might have set her over the edge and stuff but but i got the sense that she was like i don't know I, it's kind of hard to talk about this one but okay okay um i don't know i just figured like just by her actions and stuff like she's fucking like holy crap man like this dude is gonna go off the deep end one day and mm-hmm. do something and then yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm talking about once once you see some stuff that happens later in the film um i kind of got a different i i, I just, just because there's like a personality swap <laughs> a little bit and i don't know i just I kind of it's kind of hard to explain without going in, into details about the end of the film but okay I'll take your word for it that that's what's going on um and yeah but anyway back to the first time that I seen this though like I didn't I didn't I maybe it was just like lost in translation with the the whatever version I watched the English version first but the, back in a couple months ago and mm-hmm. um I don't know. I never got the sense that I, I, I guess I was kind of just unsure. I was like, is she okay with this? Like, cause it seemed like, it seemed like that she was like, I find not it really fighting intriguing. It as much. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It just seemed like she was like willing to just be like, do it. I guess. No, I find it, I find it very intriguing that you took it that way because I never have ever had the impression that she was, you know kind of okay and this was kind of a game type thing i think that she was literally scared for her fucking life and she decided to you know kind of do something about it i mean it's really not that much of a spoiler territory i mean the tons of people know the black hat story i mean it's very very famous i I never read it 
You really? It's crazy. I mean, there's so many movies that are that end up. I mean, this is a really interesting development for the Black Cat story. Like, it's kind of cool how they did it. Um, it's a little bit different from multiple editions that I've seen of, mm-hmm. of the film and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but what about you, Derek? Like, do you get that impression that I she think she was terrified? Yeah, dude. I think that she's like legitimately so fucking scared she doesn't really know what to do until she starts to possibly do something at the point that we meet her though it's uh she's so used to it too that it doesn't seem like that she's fighting for because it's at that point where she's just getting used to it and then and before that we will see like uh her being more terrified like when it was first happening Mm -hmm. you know what i mean you also get the sense that this has been happening for a while because mm-hmm. they do note in specific dialogue that, you know, it's uh, the one scene where um, Olivier, he's in the uh, in the bookstore and in, in the book owner, or whatever. Like, he's like, you know, it, it's a, such a shame they don't put your books back into print and stuff like that. So you get this idea that, you know, his career has been kind of on the on the down low for a while. You know, it's been a long time, and and that kind of translates back to like how he's been acting for who knows how long. Uh-huh. It could have been years with her, and you kind of get that sense that she's been kind of locked in this, in this closet. You know, you kind of stuck like in her ways. Like a... Yeah, like she's been kind of stuck, and he's he's been dominating her for so long, and she's so yeah, fucking. Yeah, I've definitely it. got that sense too. Like I'm not saying I'm I'm just saying that, um, based on what I found out later, like I almost thought that okay, like. It didn't feel like a hundred percent just revenge to me. I don't know. Maybe it just that's the way I seen it. Like that's initially what I'm thinking. You know, like the fir- my first initial thoughts are like, okay, is she like in like down with this stuff? And then I did consider that she wasn't because of I, like I couldn't tell, so I was like teetering on both options. Um, but then the way the whole movie like kind of plays out, like I don't know. I just I kind of saw it a little bit different. But um, what you guys are saying is kind of making me. Th- think of it a little bit more negatively in a way um just because i i don't know if i had this thing in my head or not like that like now it all just feels wrong and i'm like okay wait a minute um but one of the differences that i wanted to tell you guys about uh this is like the main one that i i noticed right away was um whenever the maid gets the axe right like the black maid yeah, yeah. Um, in the Italian version, do you know what they how, what they said happened to her moods? In the Italian version, um, yeah. I don't remember specifically what they said. You don't know what they told the, the cops, like just in general. Uh, I think they told. Didn't they tell the cops that she left? Yeah. So, so like, they they tell the cops that she left. They tell. Um, Edwidge Finich that she left yeah, um, yeah. but in the English version and I think it actually plays out better in the English version because it seems it, it honestly changes the way that it feels like um, they're hiding something which is yeah. kind of interesting that it can do that but they say that they fired her um, they, mm-hmm. and they say like yeah she was a terrible she she sucked she like they, they mentioned that oh, a couple really? times that she was like super shitty at her job and then it then when they meet the other guy, like the milkman guy, he mentions yep. that she was like good at her job. So it, yeah. it kind of changes the, like the dynamic there a little bit, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. When in the other version, it just says that that she left, and then they... what what does it change for you though? I mean, I understand where where you're coming from here. Uh, 
Well, it just but adds I, I, another layer to it. Instead of just yeah, yeah. it being she left, it's they lied about it, and somebody else in the film notice like n- maybe not notices that, but at least lets the audience know that there's a conflict to that story. Yeah, yeah, I get that. And you know, just, I never really thought about watching you know the English verse, the Italian, just for notable things like this. You know, mm-hmm. those little differences in dialogue that can actually change. You know, not only a scene, but the way you think about you know the uh what really happened you know and that that's very interesting that's very interesting i and, never and actually honestly, ever doing that um, the dialogue could have actually been slightly different in what the response is to like some of those attacks and and like rapes and stuff but according mm-hmm. to derek he he's seen the english version so um, yeah I, yeah i don't know it's more i mean the, the the one scene where Oliviero is raping his wife, I mean, in front of like, there's, no, uh, there's not really a lot of dialogue there. It's more just sheer terror on her face. Like, okay, hold still because and, and the maid, maid was watching it too. Like when he was raping her, yeah, yeah, which so she, which she, is for... why it made me feel like, oh, like this is just what they do then. Well, you he know, was fucking maid too. Like, the other person, like, see, like I don't know. It just it seemed like too many people like knew about it for it to just not. Be, it, like... It's a common thing in in uh, Martino's films though with the voyeurism and stuff that he just he puts things in there like that. I mean, he was already fucking her anyways, so you know it's just you see that in Torso also. You know, a lot of voyeurism, a lot of mm-hmm. know, people kind of seeing other things and kind of the ep- opposite side of it and stuff, and you know yeah. the exploiting the sexual violence when you see it from someone else's eyes too it's just kind of whoa jesus christ man so let me kind of get that question um the only real like time in this film where i was like oh that's kind of weird like in terms of like um something that i thought was a little like iffy on the plot was when the two characters the wife and the husband are in the house the same Mm -hmm. house it's Mm -hmm. a big house but they're in the same house and they find the the maid dead. Now, if you're the husband, and in your head you know I didn't kill this chick, mm-hmm. like, isn't it weird that you would just that you would just want to hide the body? And if you're the wife and you know I didn't kill this well, chick, wouldn't it well, be weird? It makes well, a little still more under, sense with the wife. He does but, say why he does he, it though, because he, he was, was under he was under investigation. But if he knew, you know. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, as an audience, like, he's guilty, so, like, mm-hmm. th- it makes sense why he would do it. But in his head, if he knows that he didn't, right, it, like I'm saying, as a character, like, as that character knows in his well, head that he didn't do it. That's actually one of the biggest points that you might be missing here is that not only was he under investigation and he was a little bit terrified that, you know, if another body showed up in his house, they're immediately going to assume that, well, of course, this guy's fucking guilty of the other murder, too. He there is a point in the film where he actually kind of questions his mental state and he's not even 100 percent sure if he did the first one or not. Uh-huh. There's okay. actually a point. So then that he is kind true. of like. Instead of doing, yeah, instead of like, you know, okay, dealing with this or calling whatever, he's like, fuck this. We got to hide this because I'm not 100% sure I, what's really going on. Yeah, which uh, I think actually Eli Roth points that out too, which is what, after I watched the feature, uh, I think, because he mentions that, like, that's where his alcoholism is in full effect, which is the first, I remember reading, listening to that, or it was another feature on there or a commentary or something, because I watched all the features. 
where um, I was like, okay, so like his alcoholism is a big effect in this movie. I just didn't mm-hmm. notice it the first time I watched it because um, I guess the idea behind it, and it's not spoken that much in dialogue, but um, that he's always in such a drunken stupor. And that's why I say like he never seems that drunk to me, but apparently he's in such a drunken stupor that he can't really I think it's he because he's a perma-drunk. did yeah. or not. Yeah. yeah, he's literally one of those perma-drunks. He's drinking all the time. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I know plenty of alcoholics in real life, and when they're mm-hmm. drunk, they always seem drunk to me. Yeah. Um, There's but, a few that I know that you can never tell if they're really wasted or not because they've been drinking for years. He seems like that type. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I know people like that too. So. But go ahead. Wait, yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, so, uh, I really like the introduction of the niece character, which by the way, also is another thing that the first time I watched this, I didn't, I couldn't tell what the fuck she was. I was like, is she related to this dude? Like she keeps okay, saying this auntie, a- but I'm like, not, it's like weird. Okay. This is, this is the one thing about the film that actually I, I want your guys' opinion on this. Now I want to know if Sergio Martino did this purposely to get people thinking or if it's just a misstep in the plot. But, okay, so she's introduced as Oliviero's niece. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right? But she keeps calling uh, his his dead mother auntie. Now... So it's his great niece. Yeah. Well, no, that's that's the thing. It's his niece. No, no, no. Okay, if, if her mother... If her mother was his uh, um, sister, right, that would mean there were fucking cousins, right? Because if she's calling his dad auntie, that would mean that they're actually cousins, right? So unless they just use different words for, you know, family members and stuff like that, because niece, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But she's introduced as the niece, but she's saying auntie. Well, it could be. um... Right, because if. If she was technically Oliviero's mom was her auntie, well, fuck, let's face it, man, they're cousins. But either way, yeah, either it's way, weird. E- either way, oh, they're great cousins. Yeah, it's fucking so, weird. right. So that's the thing. I thought about this many, many times. But either way, it doesn't matter how it goes down. If you know, by chance, it's just a plot misstep or whatever in the relationship. Either way, they're still fucking each other. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be family members, but there is a really interesting kind of development with her character. And I think it's, I think it's done purposely by, by Martino in the film. He introduces her and maybe he's fucking with you a little bit by niece stuff like that. Is she actually a family member or is he just, or is she introduced as, you know, maybe she was like another fling for him or something like that. Or um, like what? Well, exactly I think is that, she in reality, well, I think know? that there's definitely, um, they introduce her as the niece, but they even drop a line of dialogue that I think that either she like doesn't – I don't know if, which version it was in, but it might have been the English version. But I think they drop a line of dialogue that says that she looks nothing like she did when she was younger, So, yeah, um, yeah. which yeah. makes you think that she might not even be the person that they're talking about. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Which I okay. thought was a great little touch just to even even if she is – or even if she isn't, it doesn't really need explained. It's just a nice little thing to throw yeah. in there to add to the mythology and the mystery of the whole damn huge. Well, it, it makes it makes everything such a clusterfuck, right? Because if she, 
you know, theoretically is related to him. I mean, they're having sex, dude. And incest. it's like, it kind of, yeah, it has this incest type thing. And it's like, it kind of puts a whole nother twist on his character too. It's like, not only is he just this piece of shit, but like, he just really doesn't give a shit about anything. Yeah, but she's a <laughs> yeah. piece of shit as well. Kind of. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Like she, she's like kind of also introduced as a bad character too. She's a manipulator. She's, you know, she's manipulating situations and she stuff. She's saying one thing to him. Too. Yeah, she she's saying one thing to Oliviero, and then she's going to the wife, and then you know, even having she's relations with her. Yeah. She literally is like she's in the middle on purpose. She's purposely having these lesbian relationships and and sexual relations with her cousin or her fucking whatever. The motorcyclist. <laughs> the motorcyclist. Yeah, like she's doing it purposely, stirring up shit and stuff. And cat and mouse stuff. It's a nice little contrast in the film, to be honest. Gets you really thinking. I like that. Edward so. Fennec, though, smoking hot. Yeah, she does a good job. She looks really different in the film. You know, with her short, short hair. Yeah, I think yeah, she looks best with film. that short hair. Yeah. This is the first time she did have short hair in uh, films. I remember Martino was saying that in uh, the interview that he did because uh, it said that uh, what they were saying was because they did Strange, the other film, Mrs. Reth, before this one. Yeah, yeah. And then she cut the hair short because the character is supposed to be, like, uh, younger, too. So he wanted but he also wanted to change her look completely because she was playing a bad girl for the first time too. Yeah. So I didn't want her having that, you know, kind of young kind of school girl, innocent look to her, change it up. So yeah, uh, yeah. she, uh, she does. I think she does this bad girl. Great, man. Like, I think it's, I think it's the best performance in the movie. I think actually, honestly, everyone's pretty good in this film. You're, I mean, you're I, right. I, I mean, the wife is fantastic. Anita Stringberg. Yeah. Um, yeah, the husband is great. Uh, I do like, you know, back again, I don't think that the performance, when I mentioned that, like, I didn't feel like I got the sense that he was, like, like, as big of a alcoholic drug addict, because, you know, we don't really see him do any drugs either, but they, they say that that's a huge part of it. Um, I, I didn't get that sense. I don't think it comes from the acting. I just think that they didn't write any of that stuff in the script. So We also um, uh, get uh, me and Moods' boy in this film, Ivan Rosimo. Who's yeah. That? Ivan Rosimo's in this one. He's, he's the silver-haired gentleman. Oh, yeah. I didn't and really he's like, like that guy. That's the only person that I didn't really care for. He's in every fucking Italian um, film. The, it seems like. <laughs> like, but there was, you know, like it was it was very well acted. In honestly, the English dub was good too. Yeah, really. Was, well, yeah. well, yeah, it was well dubbed for English dub. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, man. Watching Luigi Pistilli. I always think of him from, even though he was in Bay of Blood, but like I always think of uh, him from westerns. He did so, yeah, he did so many like yeah, crime films and western films and stuff. I've seen tons of his movies. It's crazy, but yeah, he's he's a good actor though, man. He's very yeah, much yeah. kind of the same in everything, but like he just kind of has that look and overall demeanor to him that yeah, that's I the think film that I remember he was, from, from his he was nine. It was it's cool that they put him in there because I find him a little bit, you know, almost almost a little bit scary because he just has that grumpy fucking look on his face you know i think he oh, was yeah. it was casted well for that he fits the role to it for that piece of shit part you know so but uh i like the setting to this one they're kind of in uh this like almost like castle type thing ah the castle's so fantastic man there's, there's a lot of good shots in this film as well mm-hmm. yeah it's be- great like editing style too like with the cinematography and the shots of what's going on and how it was edited. I really mm-hmm. do 
think uh, Martino is like uh, good with his uh, direction of letting the editors know how he wanted scenes to be set up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you know, one thing, you know, I think Eli Roth even mentioned this too about uh, Martino's characters in this film is like he doesn't, he does not shy away from, you know, showcasing really shitty bad characters. You know, generally it's always an argument when you're watching films like, man, I didn't like anybody in that film. Like they were all just like, yeah, you know, every, bad, there's not a single likable character in this movie. <laughs> no, and I'm hundred percent fine with that because I don't need to like anybody this. in a movie. I say it time and time again. I yeah. don't need to like a single. I don't even fucking need to like the cat. I don't need to like anybody. Mm-hmm. I just need to be, find them interesting. That's all I care about. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes it depends. You know, with bonafide slasher films, I mean, if you're just if you have no connection to any type of the characters and stuff, and they die, you're just like it's almost laughable. Right, this is like that's disposable right there. You know, well, yeah, best. That, that's based on the fact that that's the, the story is about people that are your yeah. You know, that, that's that's survive. what I'm saying. But this one right here, it's like there is man. There's just a bunch of bad characters in this film, like people that are generally not good people. But it doesn't affect my opinion of anything that's going on in the film. I think it's just perfect for what it is, and it's you know it's kind of. It's endearing too, like you know, to see Martino do that. You know, I like that style of filmmaking right there. Just don't give a fuck. I'm going to showcase the worst of the worst. Some of my favorite filmmaking. Like I, Mm -hmm. I I love movies with fucking people you can't stand. Those are the ones I Mm -hmm. like the most. But anyway, um, (laughs) there's one scene that I do find kind of funny. So when the motorbike rider dude, the milk guy. Loses his race for one. When he loses his race, it's really funny in the English. Yeah, version. yeah. The Under English the version's funnier than the, <laughs> the Italian version. Um, how he's like flipping out in the English version's funny. Um, I can't remember. Does he call her a stupid bitch or something in the Italian uh, version? Uh, I don't. What the bike? No, the girl when she comes over to be like, "Hey, you okay?" or whatever. <laughs> I can't remember what he says to her specifically. <laughs> I don't think he says stupid bitch, though. He says but... something along those lines. It's funny. But anyway, he picks her up. They go back on the bike that was broken, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. Now runs perfectly fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they go to this, like, shitty little barn abandoned... thing. Yeah, it was like an abandoned and barn. And he, like, pulls out his, like, little knapsack, like, sleeping bag. And he's like, yo, we got to get in to have sex. And she's yeah, like, yeah. we're not going to make love in here or something. And I'm like, yeah, love, you're stupid. <laughs> you're really funny there, Edwidge. <laughs> and, um, Again, which showcases some more voyeurism right there. Yeah. And for the life of me, like, this is, like, dude, come like this is this is dumb. The fact that the guy just like why he fucking walked into the building, and he's like just in the like on the staircase or something like it's watching. Like how the fuck is he there? Like no, he was not following them. He was nowhere in sight. We did not see him at the race. We did not see him behind them. We didn't. Th- there's plenty of like it just. It's one of those things, man. That's one. It was of those... just a really good guess. That's just one of those things that, like, you probably, like, yeah, just yeah. The, the state of filmmaking back then, that's just one of the types of things that you didn't care about. Yeah. Um, now there's a guy who's making sure you don't do stuff like that. Yeah. There's, like, mm-hmm. You have to showcase that character now. a little bit before you're going to put him into a scene like that. Yeah. <laughs> so it makes a little bit of sense so of where he came from. Far away. Like, well, that's like we've exactly, never seen I, that building before. <laughs> 
Exactly. exactly. Like, now, if it was back at her place, that would make much more sense, right? Because most likely he is at home, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like, they should and, and he's not, it And you know what? That scene doesn't make a lot of sense for a lot of reasons because he's not really the type of person to be, like, out exploring and shit. He's really that homebody now because yeah, he's, he's all down in the dumps. <laughs> he's just drinking and getting shit-faced. So it doesn't even make any it doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um one thing yeah. that I like about this film, um, and kinda I guess kinda winding down on this one a little bit, is um it's like a rubber band ball. Uh there's just like you you pull one rubber band off and there's a whole nother rubber band underneath it and like you keep going down, and there's like all these like cool reveals and stuff like that. Honestly, like mm-hmm. I, I didn't I like it is obviously a film that has like some twists and turns in it. Mm. I didn't see a damn single one of them coming the first time that I watched it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I thought it was very well done. Like, where it played out very well. Like, the whole, everything that you find out, like, you're like, damn, that's good. You know how, like, a lot of giallos you watch and it's like, oh, well, that's stupid or that doesn't make sense. But this one's pretty sound. It's pretty tight. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's it's a little bit unfortunate. I mean, if you've if you know the black hat story and you've seen other, you know, adaptations of of the black hat and you know that this one is that, you know, pretty much where it's going, but I mean, it's still cool to, you know, the reveals and the twists and turns and things and, and how it develops into that Poe story, you know? Yeah. I think it's, I I think this one's really well done. Actually, I've seen a lot of different adaptations and, you know, what's the best adaptation then? Um, one of my favorite adaptations, honestly, this might sound funny, but is it's the uh, Masters of Horror episode, The Black Cat, yeah. um, starring Jeffrey Combs. He not uh-huh. only plays Poe so fucking good in that, but it's just a really, really well done episode. But that's a really good adaptation. Um, it, this one is a lot better than Fulci's Black Cat. Just put it that yeah. way. <laughs> uh, um, uh, but yeah, more... no, there's a lot of good ones. But um, like I said, unfortunately, like I'd read the story years and years ago, and you kind of know where this is going, and but yeah, I, think I guess it really it helps good job. It hides it quite well. It definitely comes. Yeah, if you're going into this completely not knowing really what you're getting yourself into with the twists and turns and you know the whole Corman did one story. in uh, Tales of Terror, like the anthology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of yeah, mixed. So, it so mixed is this film like most of uh, Poe's stories that that were like these super short stories that like they tried to buff out into like a lot of the Corman productions from the 60s like mm-hmm. they they were these like short stories that were like really hard to make into like a like a long narrative <laughs> is, uh, this, yeah. is this one or is like the black cat pretty detailed no the black cat's pretty short but they do a really good job with this one man it's what? not that it's stretched out but it's it, his his stories are short but they're so there's so much detail and they're so compelling that you can really kind of stretch out a lot of his stories into yeah. full-length films. I've never really had a problem with people adapting Poe stories into full-length films and being like, oh, shit. Because everyone kind of puts their own twist on it and things, and yeah. hence this one. And it really well, is just about... that's what I was just saying, because, like... about this end of the film, right? That's, you know, the third act in this film is the Poe story. You know, yeah, essentially. Yeah, well, that's... That's what I'm... Like, that's why I don't care really about like if it was adapted well because it feels like most of those adaptations are like very loose anyway because like the original yeah. stories are like fucking just they're little, so short they're they're yeah, just a they're, little, so... they're like a climax <laughs> yeah you pretty like, much have um, to develop a whole kind of two-thirds of the film first you know like i've read, you, a, I've read a good bit i've actually i don't think i've ever read the black Cat. i might have back in school but i don't remember 
Um, it's a very, like, the story definitely seems familiar, but I've probably seen other adaptations or something along the oh, line. Oh, probably. Yeah, it's um, really good stuff. But my favorite has always been uh, Telltale Heart and uh, the Cask of Amaldonado. Yeah, Cask of Amaldonado is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Those are my two favorite. Telltale Heart, that's oh, good too. Which, that... this one, the ending to this one kind of reminds me of, like, the same feeling that you get when well, you... It... It, it is, man. If if you read a lot of Poe's stories, you know, he's very... He's got a kind of distinct flavor to his stories, you know? Yeah. They're very, very dark and just... Have yeah. dark endings and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's what makes him so cool to read, man. He's one of those guys that can write so much with so little words. Yeah. You know, always found that with Poe, man. It's amazing how he would word his shit for the time that he wrote these. He was so fucking far ahead of his time. <laughs> It's it's unbelievable. Like there was no minds like this. You got to remember, he was basing all this shit strictly out of his mind, man. I mean, yeah. most people say that Poe was a little bit out of his mind because he was kind of fucked up. But yeah, I mean, it show it shows in here. Like this is very creative shit. Mm-hmm. Very very creative stuff for the time it was written too. But yeah, yeah. there's a there's a lot of film, man. Yeah, there, it is. It is, and there's a lot of um good features on the Arrow disc as well. There is. Um, this really is one that I I. I, I watched every feature back when I got this set. Um, and then I watched a couple of them for, for this review. But the Eli Roth thing, man, they should put that guy on every fucking disc ever. Like, he just... Like, he's I don't a big fan of Sir like John Martino. Like, he's clearly a huge fucking fan of movies. Like, no, I, it makes absolutely... I, I finished watching, you know, that little, that little bit with uh, Eli Roth. And I went... I even said to myself, I was like, the fuck doesn't like this guy, man? The guy is clearly us. He's, he's a, a super fan. fan, dude. He knew, he's very he knew way well more spoken than I knew about it. Right? He's he very well spoken. Of, exactly, he has a good way of explaining it in sort of like layman's terms of of like the he, he actually of some uh, shit. he actually does a feature on uh, the eighty eight films Alien two uh, release that they did where he talks about the film because he's actually a big fan of that film too. Yeah, See, this is what Eli Roth does, awesome, man. Dude, man. He he just does uh he just gets, you know, basically contracted out to do these features on Blu-rays <laughs> instead of making films. <laughs> That's what he does. Yeah. He's like on all <laughs> these features. But which I'm fine with, you know, honestly. I I could listen to Eli Roth talk all day, to be honest. I mean Yeah, no, he definitely he's I'm definitely, not trying to suck his dick or anything, start but a I'm just saying podcasts, honestly. No, he he's really but you know the cool thing the thing I like about Eli Roth is that he's so into Italian films and shit like that too, and he's just mm-hmm. got this great insight, man. So it's mm-hmm. I, it's very relatable to me. Well, if I'm, you look at the beginning of the Hostel too, he actually oh the homage is tell, in there. Just you could tell that he's a big fan of Sergio Martino in that scene too, because he has he two of his. He's like, this is totally just taken straight from the film, and I mean, he went as far to even hire or uh, to put Edward uh, Fennick. Yeah, in part two, you know that's really cool, and also, our, also and the other guy, guy too. from the film that we're going to talk about next. Yeah. Torso, you know. Yeah, did so. you know that uh, that was pretty interesting? Did he mention that he's been he was a huge fan of Martino's work? He was in film school. Um, he knew this oh, girl, that's... and then he went and met Sergio Martino after he was making movies and stuff. And he's like, "Oh, and this is my daughter." And it's the fucking chick that he went to film school with the whole time and didn't know that he fucking that's crazy. That was his well, daughter. <laughs> I was just thinking, like that girl is pretty humble about her father, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, right. She never mentioned. Think, like if it was Jeremy, he'd be rolling in there like, "Ah, my dad is Sergio Martino." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my dad's Sergio Martino. I'm gonna be All in right. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. 
He's like, so I was just kicking it with my dad the other day, Sergio Martino. Just <laughs> <laughs> name dropping left and right. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, anyway, uh. uh, yeah. Um, I think that's kind of let's let's you guys yeah, want to go into ratings. Yeah, uh, sure. Why not? Oh, why not? before we do, there's also a really interesting little 30 minute feature on there. Uh, film historian once again. Uh, talks about the career of uh, Edwidge Fenich, uh, which is yeah. I don't know if you guys checked that out, but that's a good feature as well. Mm-hmm. No, I, I didn't. I was gonna get around to it, but I just didn't. All right, so I'll go first on this one. Um, your vice is a locked room, and only I have a key. Is honestly a title that I don't care for that much. I don't really get it. Um, I don't think it references the film too much. Uh, it's just a mouthful, but it's just one of those Giallo titles. It's kind of weird. Um, but if that, if something like that will put you off, like I know, I know people like me and Dave are like that, where we hear a dumb title and we don't even want to see the movie sometimes. Well, it's it, the title's in full reference to, you know, the the story of the Black Cat, right? Because she's in control. I don't want to give it away, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Anyways. Yeah, but I, what is a what is like what is your vice as a locked room mean? Your vice, the vice is in, you know, person and locker room could be behind a wall type thing <laughs> in a sense, you know, yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> Should just call it the black cat, man. <laughs> no, nah, too many fucking movies with that title. That doesn't sound that doesn't sound exciting. Neither does that. That does not come on. Your vice is the locked room and only I have the key. Oh, my like, that God. Sounds dude, like I some love fucking... titles like that. Oh, I love that is like, awesome. That title's awful. Black Belly the Tarantula. Fucking Yeah, that's awesome, a good title because it sounds fucking scary. I don't, locks are not scary, mm-hmm. okay? Fucking keys <laughs> are not scary either. Vices could be scary. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> being, being locked up in a room doesn't scare you? That would no, suck. No, because you have the, cause the keys there, man. <laughs> But only no, I I'm, have just the key. Ki- I'm just kidding, but man. I just don't the like key, overly mouthfully messy <laughs> titles. That, 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 like, if I'm li- if I read that title, right? If you're gonna make a title that long, at least give me some insight to the film. Like, I read that title, and that if you don't, yeah, after you watch the film, okay, yeah, you're right. It does have reference. It does connect, but. I don't know, man. It's just it's one of those only I have. He is like the biggest giveaway right there. <laughs> Come on. Um, so but, anyway, yeah. I may not like the title, but I love the movie. I honestly do. Uh, there's one thing. Everybody looks really sweaty in this film. And for some reason, that's always effective for me. Just a little perspiration goes a long way when you're talking to me. <laughs> and I, I talk to that. I, I mentioned that all the time, right? Like it's yeah, yeah. stuff like that that costs no money. And mm-hmm. it sets a feeling. You get a feeling that everything is dr- like it feels drunken, sweaty, just like mm-hmm. you know, just hot as fuck in there. They capture um, that a lot in westerns too. People yeah. are always sweaty because they're wearing like heavy leather and jean clothes and shit, and it's probably super yeah. warm. It's good. Yeah, yeah. but uh, honestly, um, I like this movie a lot just based on the narrative quality of it. It has a really good narrative, in my opinion, and whether it's because it's based on the black cat or what, uh, I just feel like they tie it really cool in a cool way. And um, I like the reveals. Um, I love the characters, um, especially Edwidge. That's probably my favorite character um, because she's just so manipulative. I think her performance is good and just the writing and the way the character um, is able to kind of come in and um, 
cause damage, but at the same time seem like she's helping each person. You know what I mean? To them, she's helping, but to the viewer, we're seeing her just wreck havoc. That's a pretty cool thing. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give it a... Uh, some of the gore shots, not not the greatest. It's not a gore film for sure. Um, but pretty cool. I, like the ending sells, sells the deal for me. Like I love the ending. Love how it how the very end just plays out like it does. Um, give it a 9 out of 10. Okay. Your vice is a locked room and only I have the key. When I first put this film on, I saw like this... I forgot to mention the music of this film, and the music's just absolutely beautiful. Like, the way the music is represented and the way the theme of the actual theme is thrown throughout certain scenes. And then we're introduced to our characters, and now uh, the interesting thing about, like, uh, this uh, weird, like, Oliveri... Fuck. Olivero, uh, his character. Oliviero. 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 Okay, there we go. (laughs) His, tongue, his name's a tongue twister like the title. Why not, right? <laughs> so uh, when we're introduced to his character, he's straight, like, POS, like, beating, drinking, and cheating on his wife and stuff. And then we're introduced to, like, these murders that are happening. And then we're introduced to Edward Fennick's character, Florina. And really beautiful interest. And I really enjoy how uh, her character is represented and put in between these two characters that were introduced in the beginning of the film. And there's certain like cat and mouse angles that go throughout the film till the very end, which the ending of this film, in my opinion, is fantastic. Really good stuff. I really like how the reveal of what's going on and how the whole ending goes down. Uh, One thing that I have to say though, is I do agree with JP on the kills could have been a little better I like how they are actually uh, edited too, like the choreography and how the film was edited, and how the go from like the POV shot to the actual edits and the cinematography of this film is beautiful. So for myself, this film is getting a nine point five out of ten. <clears throat> yeah, uh, you guys already said the title twice, so I don't need to say it again. Plus, I can't remember it anyways. Um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, Sergio Martino, man, he really, really does a great job with this film, man. One of my favorite things about this movie is actually the way the cinematography is its shot so well. Like, there's so many good, long-moving shots in this film and stuff, and he just captures everything. It's it, Everything's not done too fast and stuff. And, you know, with that said, uh, the actual pacing in this film is amazing. There's a lot of giallos out there. Uh, that have pacing issues because there's so much development, right? That, you know, that's kind of the, the big thing with Giallo's. This one right here, I find, just kind of skips along at a great pace. There's never really a whole lot of downtime because he manages to introduce characters in this film at perfect times. It's like, it's almost that time to get a new character, then we get the niece or the cousin or whoever, <laughs> fetish, you know, and things like that. And I absolutely love that too, man. Um, this is a great... Uh, you know, interpretation of the black cat story. I mean, everything about this one, the way it leads up into the twists and turns, even if you know the story, it's still a really, really good reveal. You know, for myself, I'm just like, yeah, that's fucking awesome, man. It's really, really good. Uh, that is definitely the one thing about this film <laughs> that kind of does make me laugh a little bit is the ridiculous color of the blood. I have to say, man, it's <laughs> like, it's like that. It's literally paint. 
like I don't think they even tried to make mm. blood. They just opened up a can of paint and just <laughs> kind of put it on the wound. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's literally what it is and stuff. Most of the kills are pretty generic. I mean, they're not really the greatest and stuff. But um, I think the one where the the they're main not the really black kills, gets their deaths, right? Like, yeah, kill, kills are like fun, like for the audience. Deaths are just like, oh, this character died. Here's yeah i mean i i think pretty pretty much probably the best one i think is when the black maid takes the the blade in the throat i think that kind of looked okay but then the I after think, effect it I doesn't really look that the great best one is one we don't even see an aftermath for it's uh like a cliff oh the dummy <laughs> <laughs> it's scary uh, man <laughs> i was fucking leading into that too and i was like of course this film has one of my favorite things ever and it has a ridiculous dummy death <laughs> that i didn't think I, it looked that I, ridiculous I love dummy deaths, man. Actually, there's another dummy death in one of the other films here. <laughs> Dude, it makes me laugh every time I watch it. Yeah. It's so fucking bad. It's I love it, man. It's so good. Um, but yeah, the music in this film, absolutely amazing. So, so good, man. Really, really good stuff. The cues are amazing. Um, unlikable, but likable characters at the same time. They do great in this, in this film. Uh, there's not really a lot to kind of harp on this film, you know, to be honest. But yeah. I'm also going to give it a 9 out of 10. Um, I think it's uh, a really, really good film. So, Yeah, definitely, man. I, I mean, I'm right with you on that. Uh, it's it's honestly a movie that might – you might be scared off by it just because, you know, the title, Italian and stuff. But I think even people who are not huge fans of Italian cinema will, will enjoy this one because it – it is just a good story, honestly. Like it's it's done well, um, the characters are portrayed well. It's, they, I I mean I've watched it now three times, and and this time went by. Um, yesterday when I watched it, uh, again, it went by, like you said, at a nice pace. Like it's yeah. it's a it's a good watch. <laughs> it really is. Like I like yeah. it a lot. <laughs> You know, I I think, you know, he used uh, the edit to his advantage here. You know, it kept it right down to 90 minutes, and uh, mm. it really works, man. Like, there's really no downtime in this at all. It's crazy. It just kind of kind of floats along, and I think it's it's very hard to do in the in this genre. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's so many things, and it's a lot. Of, it's the main complaint I hear in a lot of uh, reviews about Giallo's and stuff, like, oh, you know, kind of dragged here and there and stuff. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, because that one was 114 minutes long. You know, this one. And, and this one also doesn't feel rushed. You know, it's amazing how the third act just feels kind of kind of natural. Like, it just kind of plays itself out it really It just happens. Well. And it's like... Yeah. You know, it doesn't feel like it's rushed. And, you know, and I think that's been a complaint in a lot of uh, films for yourself, JP, is that, you know, sometimes these third acts and these reveals and stuff just happen way too quick. This <laughs> yeah. one just kind of this one so, kind of plays itself out in nor in regular kind of time. Once you, know, you start like, watching a lot of Giallos and you see like some films and they're like the same like ending like I'm not using like a specific film as a like an example, but some films it's like a priest is the killer and some like a bunch of them. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so and you get like generic endings like that, and you're like, uh, when you see like the good ones, you're like. So watch the the good ones, like certain endings like that. But it, it just happens, like in certain films and stuff, where it uh, the endings are like a big part of the payoff of like these certain type of films. And it's mm-hmm. really good that this ending does pay off and is well made. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right, so we'll move along here into uh, a year later, uh, yes. 1973, 1973 with, um, I think this is the film we did directly after uh, your vice. And uh, it's 
original title is uh, Carnival Violence. Mm-hmm. Um, Torso is the American title. It was retitled for the American audience. Um, I don't know which title do you guys prefer, Carnival Violence or Torso? I like, I, I like both. Because torso. they actually... I actually like Torso, too. It just it kind of... It well, just kind of gets to I, w- I wouldn't be mad with like either title because both titles actually go into like what's going to happen to in the film too. Yeah, true that, true that. I always love the cover art, the cover art to this film too. Mm-hmm. Kind of holding that hacksaw and the picture. Yeah, it's pretty awesome, man. Of uh, Susie Kendall. Yeah, which is totally awesome, totally awesome stuff. So love me, yeah, Susie Kendall. Yeah, I love Susie Kendall, man. <clears throat> um. Which is kind of funny, like, you know, she plays an American in, like, every film, and she's actually British, isn't she? Uh-huh. She's, she's always playing an American. And Her voice of... is actually dubbed to, like, sound American, too. Yeah, well, <laughs> always are always dubbed, but, but she always plays an American. It's funny that she's from the UK, but it yeah. is. Uh, yeah, so getting to the synopsis of this one, someone is strangling co-eds in Puriga, or however you say it. Uh, the only clue is that the killer owns a red and black scarf, and the police are stumped. American or is it a black suit? and red scarf? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a funny scene with that actually in this film. Uh, American exchange student Jane, uh, played by Susie Candle, and her friends decide to take a break from classes by going up to Danielle's uncle's villa in the country. Unfortunately, the killer decides to follow, and the woman being... Uh, suffering a rapid attrition. Pro- I don't know what the fuck they wrote there. I think that's actually spelled wrong. Um, but yeah, that's essentially what we got here, man. We got uh, a killer taking out people on this campus, and this group of what friends the decide they need to get the fuck out of Dodge before they're the next victims. And that's not really the best idea in the world for him now, is it? No. So. Shut the goddamn door! Thoughts on the film? Thoughts on Torso? D'Angelo's brother's score? Oh my fucking god. Uh, the, music, the music is impeccable in this film. So it's good. Magnificent. What? Yeah, it's really awesome. You know, again, just like, uh, you know, Eli Roth, I think he talks about the. You know, yeah, he does, he does the introduction, films. yeah. And uh, it's so funny because, you know, he talks about how this one is very much similar to, uh, you know, your vice and the fact that, you know, he's not really glorifying, but showcasing and having to do with like sexual violence and stuff like that. He captures it so well in this film because you really, truly believe, like Ross said, in this film. And it's just so prevalent. I've never seen a film that just has the best red herrings ever. But it literally makes you believe that every single person in this film is a, sh- a, is a piece sh- of shit. Yeah. Like every guy in this film. You think this movie would have been it's directed like a sex by a woman. Yeah. You, you would have thought that this film was directed by a woman the way they – they kind of they make look they make men look like pigs. Like every single guy in this film is just gawking over women at every point in the film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, and it's the, ven- the vendor. Yeah, it's just so funny, like how over the top it is sometimes in these scenes where you know these guys are just gawking and gawking. And, and, and it's and just Mar- ridiculous. But Martino like has like these POV shots like with the camera <laughs> like exposing like women's like area as well in certain scenes like. Oh, there's some sleazy cinematography in this too. It's just, but it, it kind of adds to the, you know, what the film is really kind of trying, you know, trying to show, you know. But uh, I don't know, man. You know, Martino, you start to see a, um, a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, his style, I should say. You know, another thing that Eli Roth mentioned was the opening credits, which is something that I was writing. <laughs> you know, it's pretty, pretty obvious to notice, but just how he does the credits, pretty much the exact same. You know, with the blurry 
miss over, but, yeah, over the you know in the sex scenes and things like that. I mm-hmm. like that. I, I like I like those beginnings. I think that's fantastic, man. Yeah. But, uh, um, I really I, like I, the like we didn't mention it in the previous film, but he kind of captures that like post sixties like hippie culture pretty fucking well. Oh. Uh-huh. And, you know, and it's actually an interesting thing, too, because, you know, these films were done in 72, 73, and we're, you know, into the 70s here, and he's still kind of, uh, he's kind of showcasing the times of even Italy, though, too, because, you know, maybe they were just a little bit behind the times, and but he's showcasing that, uh, you know, that hippie elements and stuff, which, you know, you know, when you first pop this in, it, it totally seems... Well, especially with your vice, that whole fucking scene in the beginning of the film, the whole mm-hmm. the song scene, which la, we didn't actually la, mention. La, la, that has got to be the most sixty shit I've ever seen in my yeah, life. I, it's just crazy how like it's just yeah, this is the times, you know, this is the times they still mm-hmm. weren't into the seventies, I guess, or kind of thing. But they showcase it in this one quite well too. Yeah, this movie is shot um, like you could definitely tell just in in a one film difference. This, even though your vice was filmed pretty fucking good like this one's this one's cinematography is a, a, a uh, definite step up. oh yeah man it's second to none man and it, it showcases itself in scenes like oh man you know the well the hippie the girl um in the uh i guess when you want to call it the mud pit or something i don't know what the, the it's swamp? not really a forest swamp. it's more of a swamp i guess the marsh is where they shot that yeah it's like a marsh type deal oh dude uh, that's my favorite scene in the entire movie me it's too, so man. fucking awesome it's just so there's this great scene where she kind of falls into the swamp and you know you you get to see the killer from her from her eyes and the way it's shot, it's kind of shot up on this like you know thirty degree angle type deal, and it's just the atmosphere and the way he's standing there. It's just so. It's actually like a terrifying moment in the film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's literally yeah. kind of scary, and it's just shot so well, really, really well. But the killer's yeah, that, look with the mask so... and the just in the fog is just fucking awesome. Okay, man. which which leads me into the first point I wanted to make about this film. Now this is this is truly a predecessor for. The American slasher. You have you cannot deny this fact because this isn't your typical giallo film. I mean, most giallos up until this point were POV killers. You never got to see them until the reveals type deal, and and all the kills were done like that. This film, you get to see a killer with a mask. I mean, this was very unusual for this type of film. This is still kind of classified as a giallo, but. I mean, let's face it, man. It's not your typical film in a lot of different elements, you know, mostly due to that fact right there. This one plays out very, very much like a standard American slasher film. But there's the lack of um, the police investigation in this film, too. So you guys, yeah, I mean, you know, I it's, kind of yeah, it's definitely right? out of the um, Italian sort of uh, giallos of the early, you know, slasher era before the slasher era this is definitely the most prototype of those that i've seen or heard people talk about it's interesting Um, too because like you know you when people talk about these predecessors you know black black christmas and uh bay of blood and stuff obviously bay of blood has been completely you know ripped off i mean let's face it but this film right here was this is kind of the film i mean let's face it masks and stock and slash and uh just the way this whole film kind of plays itself out, it's just it's like Martino trying to take that the general giallo and just do something completely different with it. And I think he succeeded quite well for what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, he he just took it to a different level. This one is again doing exactly what the first film did a lot of 
uh, you know, I, like, I want to say glorifying sexual violence, but that's, it, it has a shit ton of this in this film. This there's movie, so much nudity in this film. <laughs> there's so much nudity, but there's so much graphic sexual violence in this film. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not only that this killer's, you know, taking out these girls and stuff, but, you know, you get to see the aftermath. Kind of, he kind, kind of, of body fondles, parts. Yeah, he fondles them, and then he, he fucking he cuts into yeah, them. Yeah, the takes fondling parts. is definitely... Um pretty interesting like that's it, pretty it, brutal for it is especially for the time yeah 73 man that's like yeah, and there's a lot going on so i can see why the censors attack this film quite drastically because uh-huh. let's face it and mutilating dead or fondling and mutilating dead bodies after and stuff it's one thing to kill somebody in a vicious way but to do stuff to the dead bodies after i think is it's kind of putting even the viewer into a different mind state you're like fuck that's pretty brutal man is this a video nasty it, no I think. Oh no, Torso was on the on the on the list. I think. Was it? I think it was. It might have. I I can't even remember. It might have been on the third. On the. It might have been section three. three. Might have been. Yeah, I can't Hmm. quite remember. But, um, but yeah, man, this one's just. uh, Oof. For myself, while watching this film, I think it's beautifully shot, man. I think it's developed quite nicely too. Again, you know, the pacing in this film is actually quite interesting. Because, you know, it just it kind of skips along at a great, great pace. And uh, it, it almost feels like two different films, you know, to Especially myself. Especially the third act. Well, yeah. that's the thing. It's because, like, you know, you have, like, a good 45 minutes of them at the school. And then they kind of, you know, they kind of skip over to this villa, you know, just outside the city. And then it kind of, you know, it's more of the same, but it's in a different location. It kind of feels like two different films. But I like that that transition. Yeah, it's like, film. it's so, almost like... Um, slasher two different invasion. slashes slashers like melted together or something yeah but i love the way martino's narrative plays itself out in this film because i mean let's face it man this movie has probably the most red herrings i've ever seen in a film i mean mm-hmm. let's face it man every single person i mean did you guys call who the killer was in this film no not the first time i've seen it no no man well, i'd hope you fucking did the second time you've seen it yeah. Well, of course I did. <laughs> this one threw me like the first time I had. Well, no obviously idea. we're asking about your first time, not your second time. Oh, oh yeah, yeah awesome. definitely not my first time. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. watching this film, man, it's like, you know, again, everybody is that potential killer in this film. It's just ridiculous, like how much they did it. Oh, I think I over- need to watch it again because, again, with fucking most of these films, like I, I get the characters confused. Because yeah. they're hopping around so much with different characters. This is the only time I've seen this, by the way, guys. Yeah, honestly, man, this one doesn't have, like, a whole lot of characters. I mean, there's a lot of girls in the film. But, mm, I mean, you got, like, <laughs> I got to say that the, the guy that brings by the milk and the bread, the dub on him is the funniest shit ever. <laughs> like, his voice and the, thing, the way he's like, <laughs> milk and bread. <laughs> I love when he's in town later, his boys. Yeah, I see them, you know? <laughs> I, I, I saw it was like... It was eight sets of titties and four asses. No, I really saw it. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Like, okay, it's great dialogue. So like, what, no, what's the difference between the it. Italian and the English version then? Well, uh, there's uh, two scenes of like dialogue that are only in Italian because uh, they lost the English audio for them. <laughs> and uh, there's also extra fondling. In which version? The Italian version. Ah, so the oh, is there really? version's the better version yeah. then, huh? Mm-hmm. I thought it was. I thought there was actually extra in the 
in the yellow version, I thought this was the one with the extra bru- or the extra foot. Oh, the Italian one. It's ninety three minutes long. Three minutes longer. Oh, damn! Fuck, fuck. me. Now I'm gonna watch some more extra. Finally, well, I guess I'm gonna have to upgrade to the Blu-ray. And I have to say, man, this Blue Underground DVD looks fucking fantastic, man. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason I didn't buy this one because I, I've, I've pretty, I feel like I've pretty much converted to Blu-ray almost exclusively. Um, it, I'll still buy DVDs if they're on the cheap, but if a movie is expensive mm-hmm. on DVD, then I don't even want to fucking consider it. Yeah, that's if it's a good $10 thing. Ten dollars or more on DVD. Get out of my way, son. That's the good thing about the Blu-ray. It has both versions on there, so you don't even have to... Yeah, it's yeah. probably a good idea to... Yeah, the Blu-ray. I mean, if you're going to get both versions, why not, the, right? The Blu-ray's kind of... Yeah, it goes... It, it fluctuates like in price. I didn't... It fluctuates. Like, I couldn't it. find it lower than 19 Oh, that's shitty. It's probably 40 fucking dollars here. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, what, like, what else are your guys' thoughts on this one, man? I... Um, another one of my favorite, 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 favorite shots in the film is um, uh, the well, when the camera's oh, yeah. at the bottom of the well. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. So and good. And the, the body comes down. Like, dude, that's, yeah. I love stuff that looks like that. I love how, like, uh, the, the whole hippie scene that we were talking about earlier, and lots of nudity and good stuff, and Carol, I believe, is the name of the girl, and... Uh, I love like one guy's like trying to fondle her and, and try to unzip her pants. I like, every time. You you strip first, and she burns his face. Wait, why like, did yeah. she do that? Because she was just fucking with him, man. She didn't want to. She wanted to have anything to do with him, really. Because why was she rolling with him? Uh, because she's a for the for the drugs for the drugs. Yeah, <laughs> but I just love. I was kind of like, confused by that. Yourself. I was like, I was I like that. I was like that. I, I remember sitting here in my computer, and like seeing seeing the scene play out and then i'm like that is how you get raped i pointed at my screen and i was like yeah. it's like that's how you get raped dude don't do stuff like that <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like like you're dealing with two dudes you never met or whatever you know these these dudes it's, they don't seem like super nice gentlemen if you ask me uh. <laughs> so like you be careful yeah. young lady i love that the one guy that Dude, was, listen. Was when that bike. fucking dude wrecks the bike, I la- like I laughed so hard. And he's all covered in mud. <laughs> and his buddy, like you don't even hear the buddy like turn off his bike and stop and run over. He just appears like out of the side of the screen. He's like, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "What it, the hell? How did he get there so fast?" It honestly looks like that scene wasn't supposed to go down like that because he looks like genuinely surprised that he did a header into the mud. Yeah, like, <laughs> and they just like, kind of kept it in the in the film. I know. I know. <laughs> It does feel like that. Or it feels like that maybe he, like, slammed way harder than he expected. Yeah. Or, like, did it, like, completely awkward. <laughs> oh, that's a great scene, man. It reminds me of uh, Phantasm when Mike wrecks the bike in the semi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. So true. I used to laugh all the time when I was younger at that. But um, uh, I love that whole scene from the moment they're in that little hippie commune thing with the chicks dancing and the, the weed what? and everything that looked – most of those weed – joints look like cigarettes um but that you know like what the fuck is that place but it looks cool and when they leave it oh that's a what what time is it do you think like when when the chick walks outside i know because it seems to get dark really fast doesn't it maybe she left i saw it as like four in the morning like five in the morning like the sun coming up dark but i could be wrong and it could be like 6 p.m dark 
like getting night. Yeah, I don't know because when be she leaves, is it dark or is it getting light in this? I don't really it, like. It felt like it was getting light to me, but I could be completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, it could be like the complete opposite and be a and dusk the, too, yeah, like no. where the sun's actually going down. Either way you think of it, I think that it can be effective. Yeah, I mean, let's. Face it just it, had like a nice like one of, dawn feel to me. I don't know. Yeah, and then when she leads what did into you the think? Mark... Like, what did you guys think though? Did you think it was night? I actually just assumed it was nighttime. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was night. Later on, yeah, I think it was like night. Yeah, like later on in the night, early evening, maybe like late evening. I think maybe it was just because, like, to me, it felt like there was a lot of like dew, like everything seemed like more wet, like like morning wetness. But it could be because it was a like you know swampy area, sort of the thing. I love that whole like. The whole marsh area scene, in particular, oh, dude, it's so, so good. Like, I want, I want to. I remember watching that scene. I was like, I just want to cut this scene out, so I could watch it again and show people this scene. <laughs> like, I was like, this yeah. scene could work as a short film, and everybody would be like, if it came out today, the, they'd be like, the oh fucking, my god, it was such a good short film. <laughs> and the fucking music that goes with that scene is just fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Funny. What do you guys think about the mask? I like it, man. I like it's it. It's just like a regular like ski mask, huh? It pretty much is. It's it's yeah. just like simple it. and effective. I like effective. that it's white, you know? With, 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 with a scarf. Stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It looks good, man. I like it. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, man. There's I, some really good... There, I, I like the fact that he caught a lot of, like, old Italy in this, too. You know, shooting, like, right downtown, you know, like, in Rome uh-huh. and shit like that. And mm-hmm. kind of captures that old feel to it. It's just... When, uh, it, when it really kind of makes the film time. Uh, the teacher walking through, like, the town and talking and, like, once in the church area... Through like that bridge and stuff, really. See, I love. Like, I love shots like that where you know you get to see a little bit of the actual, you know, area that they're shot in and stuff. So, I think that's really cool. Um, one, one mysterious character is the doctor character uh, Luke Miranda, who also was in Hostel too. Who's yeah, you know, yeah. He, he kind of has like a, a red heron to himself too, but we find out like like later we find out more about his character as the film progresses. Mm-hmm. And then he ends up, well, just becoming like a our main like hero type for the film. Yeah, he uh, th- that that's why they introduced that character. It was just you know as a huge red herring kind of thing. It, that's really what it is. But you know, I don't know, man. I don't really have any problems with it. I mean, it's pretty obvious what was going on there. I mean, it was. Oh, I have no problems with it either. Yeah, I mean, I like that about it. it introduces him. We don't know much about him mm-hmm. too. And then we find out more about him as the film progresses. We keep seeing him but pop he's, up and he's, pop up. He's, he's really just in the mix of like all these characters, like every single guy in this film, right? That is mm-hmm. your potential killer, you know, kind of thing, right? So, mm-hmm. but I mean, he's it's, it's, he's one of those characters where it's like almost too obvious that he is that he he can't be, you know, kind of thing. But who knows? But who really knows? Because it just, like I said, this film just has an abundance of red earrings. I fucking love the scene where they go back into the town. I think they're getting, uh, they get milk and whatever. And the chick, the black chick, is sitting on the car, and they there must Everyone's be like, just fantasizing over it. Like, oh. Dude, I fucking laugh so hard at that scene. It's just so over the top, ridiculous. Like, it's like these guys have never seen a girl before. <laughs> it's like that so, bad. It's great. This one only had three writers instead of six. So yeah, I mean, they probably <laughs> they probably could have used six though. Um, <clears throat> leading into uh, like, yeah, uh, leading into the third act in this film, um, 
I have a little bit of problems with, with a few things that kind of happen. I mean, I guess I can't go completely into detail and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. just more or less, I'll say, with the fact of what happens to three of the girls and, like, how it plays out on screen or doesn't play out on screen, um, I didn't really care for that, the way that went down. It just seemed like it was a little bit too quick, you know, for the script. You know, everything's kind of going hmm. and happening, and it just seems to go down, like, way really? too fast myself. Really? I like yeah. it. Oh, it cut it away. Yeah, I didn't. Up. I didn't mind it either. Because it was a bigger reveal for when she woke up the next morning. Yeah, because yeah. we didn't for sure know what went Cause, down. Because we wouldn't. Because we were following her as the audience. Yeah, for it was sure. a bigger surprise. I, for mind, us. I can see your point, but I, I was okay with it when it happened. I don't know. I just felt like it was. I felt it was a little clumpy. Plus, like I understand completely what they were doing. It was more for her reveal. But I mean, as as a viewer though, too, it's like shit, man. Like. We didn't huh. get to really see any of it. I don't know. I, I oh, just, yeah. I, I, was, well, I mean, in, a, in an I American just... slasher, you definitely would have seen it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, but it's just the fact that it was three, like it's three people, right? It's yeah, not like, just how like, the fuck did that go down? Exactly. And it, you kind of question a little bit. So it, it, it's always something that's always, that might've been why bit, they maybe, cut away. Honestly, <laughs> maybe, maybe they couldn't figure out how to do it properly. I don't know. Yeah. But I, it's just always been a minor gripe with the film. Um, that and also the full reveal of the killer in this film too. I've always what had a major problem with with the backstory of like like what yeah his motives exactly like why he's actually or her why that person is killing. <laughs> uh, what do you mean? It's just it's actually it, a dog. The killer well, is the dog. What do you mean? We have problems mean? with why he starts killing. There's a reason why he starts killing again. No, I know exact. I don't like that reason. I think it's right. weak. I think the explanation is weak, completely yeah. weak. Like you actually, well, like, you like the backstory and the motives of why the killer is actually killing. I well, think it's just he's a severely deranged person. That's all I'm going to say about the backstory. But the reason why he starts killing again is because well, no, I can't I know, say because I, I can't know, go into that territory. I but... Exactly what it is, but I just don't like it. I think it's really weak. I think a, I think it's like a six year old could have wrote that man. It's just I never cared for the reveal in this film, the story. I mean, the who the killer is. Yeah, is I'm, I'm with you on that. Like, I kind of felt like there was some potential with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, man. I, like, I, I kind of like that basic idea of like, okay, like, but I I just didn't. Eh, it just was alright, you know. Yeah, I mean, it. I mean, in a sense, it doesn't necessarily fit the means of who the character is and what he does for a living and. Um, but it's just when you really kind of break it down and think about it, it's a pretty weak reveal. I've always had a major gripe with it, man. I'm just okay. I get it. I mean, it leads to a pretty funny moment on a cliff that we get to see in the film <laughs> when when they're explaining the story and stuff, and it's pretty funny. <laughs> I have to admit, but um, it doesn't ruin the film for me by any means, you know. But it is something that I do take away from it and go, yeah, that could have been done better. So I'm with you. Yeah. And as much as I've always praised this film, I, that's my biggest problem with it, man. Um, it's just, you know, for something that is developing so well and is so well done throughout the whole film, it's just, it does hurt it. It hurts it in my opinion. So, but well, yeah, you. that's all I'll say about that. That's all I'll say about that. So, um, do you have much more on this one? Um, not really. Want to no? go into ratings? Derek, you want to go first? Sure. sure, why not? 
Okay, Torso, directed by Sergio Martino. Fucking love this movie with a passion. (laughs) (laughs) Love this movie with a passion and stuff. First time I saw this was like a few years ago on like a. I think it was actually on one of like the cable stations, but I forgot the name of it. That's cool. And fucking really loved all the whole setting of this. And of course, shout out to the girls. Uh, Sasa, I believe how you pronounce her name on the Facebook. Uh-huh. Yeah, she was actually my secret Satan and she actually Zaza. got me the, Zaza, yeah. She actually got me the Blu-ray for our secret Satan. So, big props to her. That's nice. a cool chick, man. Yeah, she is. I like her a lot. And just love everything about this film. I really enjoy, like, the character development that goes on it. Even though, like, we see, like, the mysterious of certain characters throughout it. And I really like, uh, Susie Kendall as Jane as a character, very uh, strong character in the way that her character is presented and the way that she uh, moves in the ending of the film because she's injured. I, that's not really spoilerish, right? No. You okay. already spoiled the, like, many other things. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> Worrying yeah. about if a, if a fucking injury to a chick's leg is a spoiler. <laughs> You're giving away that fucking killer. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> okay, but uh, just love uh, the development of uh, the scenery, and I really love how this film is edited and progressing. The cinematography is outstanding, in my opinion. Really well done with like a very like sleazy type cinematography and uh, certain edited scenes. That I didn't really have a problem with, uh, like some certain people did when we were viewing it. But uh, I really love the fucking score of this film. That's what really brings it down to me is the soundtrack by the DeAngelis brothers. Brings it well, down to you? Brings it up for me. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic composers. Very underrated. Compose a bunch of my favorite films. And this film is a masterpiece in the genre, in my opinion. So it's getting a solid 10 out of 10 for me. I fucking love this movie. Ooh, Jesus Christ. All right. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I, I, I'm a big fan of movies like this uh, that kind of focus on sexual violence. I mean, that sounds very deviant yeah, for me I to love say. sexual violence. But I find it very provocative and effective when you're watching it, too, because you kind of go, fuck, man, that's pretty nasty. And it's got a lot of nasty scenes in this. I mean, let's face it, man, limbs getting cut off and, you know, bodies being gutted and you know boobs being fondled in the mud yeah after they're dead and things like that like there's a lot of that shit man you know this is a really it's a well done film you know for i'd say about 90 percent of it um Mm -hmm. you know i mean let's face it man soundtrack is like derek said is brilliant it's absolutely effective in this film it's really really good cinematography is fantastic uh i actually like the characters in this film i mean even the girls are they're not overly annoying or anything to me they're just they're okay they're actually not that bad. I mean, yeah, generally fine. when you have like an all female cast, there's always the one or two and you're just <laughs> like, fuck those girls, man. They're fucking annoying. They're all, they all kind of come off as very normal type characters and stuff and really don't have a problem with any of them. So, um, and Martino does a great job in this film with really focusing and, you know, not giving up on the aspect of every guy is a fucking bonafide pig. I mean, right from the start of this film, right to the very last shot, it's just like the guys are all shitty pigs, man. I love that fact, man. It's just, it's something you don't see. Maybe you would see that by a female director kind of, you know, 
who knows? But it's, this film's done by a guy. I just find that so interesting that it kind of focuses so heavily on that. Um, really good scene, man. A really good film. Uh, you know, the pacing is fantastic. I love the editing in this film, too. The editing is fantastic. It, it really kind of it keeps it nice and knit, you know, it's nice and tight, in my opinion. You know, um, especially with that nice little crotch shot of that hippie dancing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's good shit, man. It's good shit. Uh, All in all, man, I really enjoy this film. I think that, uh, like I said, I have minor problems with this. I think that the explanation is I've always had a problem with it. I've always had a problem with it. I think it's not really the greatest thing in the world. But, you know, it doesn't kill the film for me or anything. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Um, I think it's right up there with Vice. I think this one is definitely might be, you know, shot better and stuff. But... You know, it is what it is. Torso, I'm going to give it a 9. I really enjoy this film. All right. And uh, me, uh, Torso, first time watch. Uh, I definitely, definitely enjoyed this one. Very easy to watch movie. Uh, very reminiscent of the slasher film. Um, killer looked good. Uh, the shots, scenes, certain scenes. That one scene, Jesus Christ, I love it so much. The The whole scene in the marsh is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but like they said, the music, you know, the music fits very well. And, uh, that's one thing that, uh, it seems like Italian films has done great for the most part is, uh, music, man. I mean, they, they get, they get that recognition for a reason because, uh, they definitely, definitely do you know, a fantastic You know, you're job. watching a Giallo film right from the opening cue yeah. or like an Italian film. Cause there's, there's something about italian composers that just it just screams italian i don't know what it is but you just know it's italian right away and i love that Mm -hmm. i love that feeling so yeah and um yeah i mean there i can't really say too much more i'm with moods on the reveal like i i I was okay but i i did think it was a little weak and um or not the necessarily the reveal the reveal was fine because it was i didn't expect it but um the re- the motive the the motive um besides that I, it, a pretty pretty fucking solid movie i give it an 8.5 out of 10 <clears throat> sweet good stuff all right um all which right. by the way both of those last two films uh <clears throat> both had 27 and a half i was just going to say is that 27 and a half too that's funny that's funny yeah yeah Derek there, I think we're gonna call you fucking Ten Derek or something. No, I really enjoy this <laughs> How one, many man. Tens I have given off on this show already. <laughs> Maybe three, four. Three, four. Um, I know. So, I just really love this one, man. I, I, I believe you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go to the next one. <laughs> all right, man. So we are going to stay in the seventies, which is what the fuck? Totally, man. All three of these films are from the seventies. Oh, yeah. It's like the 70s Martino show here. Uh, to 1978 with... Um, so Martino kind of switched up from doing his giallos into dip into the cannibal genre with a film called Mountain of the Cannibal God, which, you know, this one's actually got a bunch of different titles to it. I'm not going to get into them. Slave of the Cannibal like, God. Yeah, there's there's tons. Cannibal God. Uh, this Now, this movie actually was on the uh, Section yeah, 1 list, I think, nice. actually. Yeah, on the video. You know, honestly, before. like... The Mountain of the Cannibal God is a fine title. Like, don't, yeah, I mean it, it's very fine. representative of, <laughs> yeah. of the movie. That's for sure. Yeah, it is. Uh, 
you know, it, it's kind of interesting when you look at this film. Uh, this one, you know, is a predecessor to Cannibal Holocaust and Cannibal Ferox and stuff. You know, probably more than notable cannibal films in the genre. Um, but this one came right after Ricardo Diodato's uh, Jungle Holocaust. Mm-hmm. This one was done like a year after. And this one's very similar to that in a set. I mean, obviously there's lots of differences, but uh, this one always reminds me of that film for some reason. I don't know. Maybe it's because of the, the opening shots in the in the helicopter and things like that. You know, the yeah, yeah. And shit. But, you know, this one right here has a very almost typical setup to these films. There's so many movies that have this setup. Like, <laughs> Eaten Alive is, is another one has the same storyline. It's ridiculous. Uh, same setup, anyways, without twists and shit. But, um, but we'll get into the sh- synopsis of this. Susan Stevenson and her brother Arthur get off a plane in Papua New Guinea looking for her missing husband. And there's the <laughs> setup to it. A team up with Edward, Dr. Edward Foster. Uh, the three head into the jungle, get in more than a few fights amongst themselves and, and view lots of gratuitous animal cruelty. Notable <laughs> and iguana getting inversorated. Inverser- <laughs> he was like, writes this shit, man. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, so essentially what this is is uh, Susan, played by Ursula Anders, and her brother um, are going to look for her husband that's gone missing. He was doing research in Papua New Guinea. And uh, yeah, so they call upon Stacy Cage. Keach's character who uh, you know they team up with to go because he knows the area he actually which uh, I guess in you know character development we learn that he was there and you know had a bunch of shit happen to him and stuff like that so all in all they team up with him to go look for this husband and yeah a bunch of shit happens of course you're in the jungle with cannibals what do you think is going to (laughs) happen so (laughs) so um, one thing that I will say get out the get out a quarter here or a dollar but um the very fucking first thing that happens that i notice is like when the plane just freezes and then it takes a second and then the uh words start popping up and it's like fuck is that jarring <laughs> yeah yeah it kind of happens in a lot of these films <laughs> yeah. yeah it just it basically talks about what does it talk about that there's the like it's the it's one of the least unexplored furthest. areas. Yeah. Well, Papua and... New Guinea in reality wasn't even discovered until like the late nineteen teens or early twenties is when they actually legitimately found Papua New Guinea. So the explanation was actually true to the film. But I know what you're saying. It almost seems like your your DVD or Blu-ray fucking freezes up on you when you're yeah, watching. That's what I thought too. Like I, I turned it I on, like, like yeah. It doesn't to me every time I pop this in, man. I actually watch this film. A uh, couple months back, I think with Dylan actually, and this I always forget about it. And when it happens, I'm like, "Fuck, froze!" Oh yeah, never mind. <laughs> it's got one of those moments that gets me every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, um, I haven't watched many cannibal films, it, like any jungle, many jungle cannibal films, like mm. uh, like like this, jungle. But I know there's films. a lot of them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a fair amount of them. Yeah, I I really like this movie. But it doesn't. It doesn't really fit. Like it feels about as traditional. Like it doesn't feel like it deviates from like what I would think that this movie would be about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about that? Do you feel like it's pretty paint by the number cannibal movie, cannibal jungle movie? Yeah, this mm-hmm. one right here. It's not. You know, 
I would say this is probably the least cannibalistic film besides Man this. from Deep River in the whole genre. Man from Deep River is credited as starting the cannibal genre. Um, but there's really only one cannibal scene in that film. And it's and towards it's the like, end of the film. Yeah, the end. And this yeah. one right here is kind of similar. You know, I mean, it, it starts out like, kind of like a jungle slasher in a way. Yeah, it's weird. Like you have like all these kind of moments and stuff. Like you're, I mean, you're anticipating cannibalistic scenes and activities throughout the whole film because let's face it, as cannibal in the fucking title. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we get here is more or less a, yeah, like a, just a survival type story, um, you know, where it ultimately turns into kind of it has some twists and turns towards the end, and then you get some shit towards the end and stuff. But this one really isn't your traditional traditional cannibal film. I mean. No? Like, it's I mean, exactly if, what I thought a cannibal movie in a jungle would be like. No, I mean, if you look at if you compare this film to Jungle Holocaust, which was done a year before, that one has a lot mm. of cannibal shit in it, man. It's yeah, no, I'm, of, not, I'm not saying like wh- like the amount of cannibal action you get. I'm saying storyline, Dick. Oh, oh, oh just well, story. like yeah, I mean, yeah, like just the way that it's just like I like if you didn't so tell me what this movie to... was about, and I use like create a cannibal movie. Like, based off of what you know about Cannibal Jungle movies, I'd be like, a couple people go looking for another person. Uh, they end up deep in some sort of cannibal tribe. What blows my mind about this genre is that all these movies have pretty much the exact same storyline. I could it's never a, figure out why. It's a decent enough storyline, right? Because it's I kind of like the Rockefeller out. dude, right? Like, isn't that like the legend of what happened to him? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like, I could never figure out why someone didn't try to change it up a little bit. <laughs> you know, it's just so simple. It's like, I mean, this just happened a year before with Jungle Holocaust and stuff. It's very, very similar. Um, but I don't know, man. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. At no, least it's fine one, with it. At least this one in the narrative, you know, it tries to pull a little bit of strings on you too, and you know, change it up with some twists and turns and stuff like that. That uh, I don't know might be good or bad for the film. I don't know how you guys feel about, you know, what what you know that reveal is in the third act but mm-hmm. who knows maybe it's a little bit uh predictable i don't know but yeah um i mean i like the uh i like the idea that it's like oh like the, the like i like the idea that it's like this far like this mountain right like it's like it's a legend of this tribe that's supposed to be extinct right but then uh-huh. she kind of sees one and they're like did it have the fucking bone thing on its arm and she's like yeah it did come to think of it and then they're like that, yeah. that must be the Ugabuga tribe or whatever and then they like you know i like that i like the, it's like mysterious it's like creepy right like like, like oh shit not the Ugabuga tribe <laughs> i think it's the whole aspect too of you know this film uh, throughout the narrative, it feels like they travel so fucking far to get to where they are, and they literally have yeah, to go up mountains and shit like that. Animals die and shit. Well, I know all that stock footage that they put into these goddamn movies. Like, it's so unnecessary. <laughs> this <laughs> one, mean, has honestly, a, like this one has a lot. Of... One man, like that one feels like <clears throat> some straight stock. Well, the footage. monkey and the monkey and Python scenes actually was filmed. Are you serious? <laughs> that was actually legitimately filmed for this movie. Yeah, you never watched the documentary on the DVD. Oh, I probably have a. Dude, I probably did, but I mean, let's oh, face it, man. Up, man. I, I have. Uh, he did. No. He, he was trying to get the python to uh, act, so they did this thing where they brought the monkey to try to get some movement. They were yeah, going to try to get the monkey hurt. That. And yeah, that's fucked up. 
Yeah, that so, is that is a little bit fucked up. Listen, actually. that's the saddest part of the whole movie, man. Like I'm just <laughs> the like, monkey. monkeys are like little people, dude. I know like, you can I, see like, him blinking in there and shit. And it's like and oh, he's dude. like he's like I'm just thinking of what he would be saying. He'd be like, "Help me, let me out, please." <laughs> like and I'm just like, "Oh, dude." Like I feel yeah. bad for this little dude, man. Like he looked like he'd be the type of monkey to be my little homie too. Like he wouldn't even be a dick. <laughs> I obviously watch that shit because I think they talk about, you know, the cannibals at the end of the film with, you know, those little green snakes that are in that uh, that bowl of whatever gumbo soup. or what the fuck they're eating there. Those those guys, they soup. were actually feasting on those real things. Those were real snakes that they were biting into and shit. I was like, that's fucked yeah, up. Those are little pussy garden snakes. I don't but care about still, those. man, they're still alive and you're like gnarling on yeah, them. That's I fucking eat gross. a garden snake. Ugh, dude, I'm not a picky eater, but Jesus Christ, man, those things, <laughs> those things look ill-mented. Really? It's a fucking look like a leaf, like a little skinny, <laughs> skinny celery stick or something. <laughs> uh, I know they're pulling out some other crusty critters out of there too. Oh, yeah, kind of nasty. That's... <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I like, um, I like when you see like this, like the, like piles of like skulls and shit. Mm-hmm. That's right. cool. Yeah, that, there's that's cool. You know, again, you know, being a Martino film, this one's actually shot really well, like right on locations and shit. I think they shot this mm-hmm. movie in Malaysia. I think that's what I remember mm-hmm. from it. I can't remember. Yeah. But yeah, this the, the the scenery is fantastic in this film, man. And to be honest, I would like they must have not had fun shooting those uh, river scenes in this no. film. They just look, look torturous, like, man. The actors in the water and struggling yeah. in there and shit. It looked torturous, man. Look really, really bad. And, you know, actually, since we're on that river scene, man, that's one scene that just goes on way too long in this film. It, it must be 20 minutes long. Like, seriously. That's my biggest complaint with the entire movie. This but, is man. the longest movie when it, based on the synopsis, it should be the shortest one. Exactly. Exactly. This mm-hmm. is, me and Dylan talked about this and I said to him, I said, do you figure or do you feel that uh, that river scene went on too long? He's like, dude, that thing was like 25 minutes long. I'm like, I know. <laughs> Every time I watch this film, it just goes on way too fucking long. And Listen, that, there might be 20 fucking minutes that you could have cut out of this movie. I know. I me, We completely 100% agree on this. I said this movie. I agree been, with that too. This one this is. This movie could have been 80, 85 wait. minutes long. Let's face it. The third act could have ended four different times. <laughs> I mean, it just keeps going and going and going. Like you, when you think the movie's going to end in ten minutes, you look at the time left, and there's still forty-one minutes. You're like, "How is this possible? This, this is crazy, <laughs> man! They're already there. We're at the third, you know, the third act part here. It should be ending in fifteen minutes. No, it just keeps going on. That's one of the biggest problems with this film. It suffers from uh, a good edit. It needs to be edited down. Um, and then maybe take maybe take out some of the unnecessary. You know, animal kit. Like some of those scenes are really not necessary at all. But I mean, the one thing that they do do, though, and I'm I'm gonna be honest, like, like the snake monkey one. Although it did, not, it literally could have been half the length and still been just as effective. Oh, for sure. It it reinforces the idea that you're out in the fucking jungle. jungle. Like that. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the one positive of a scene like that. For um, sure, hundred percent. Yeah. And. You know, I, I I know we talked a little bit about the uh, kangaroo killings and um, making fright. Making fright. Yeah. Um, I guess it's less bad when it's like slimy reptiles and stuff like iguana. But I I owned an iguana for years, dude. Like I had a pet iguana. Like it was kind of sad. Like the gator. You know what I mean? The gator. <laughs> that huge iguana thing or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like I had I had a pet iguana for I about the tur- six I was, years. I was rooting dude. for the turtle it to fight the elephant. Um, yeah, right. The turtle nail. Um, but you know, I don't know, man. Like, I don't like seeing this stuff. It doesn't 
necessarily like the toughest one for me was that monkey and snake. Like I can handle it. Like these animals would be dead by now anyway, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's not my favorite thing to see. Um, but I don't know. How do you guys feel about it? Oh, honestly, man, I'm. Yeah, I'm. I'm always kind of caught I've between a rock and film, so I'm kind yeah. of used to. It. But I mean, some of them are harder than others. Like that monkey python scene was kind of hard for me because I did stay on that one for a long time. And, and he's struggling. Like th- yeah. that's what's sad about it. That, it's like, that one's oh, dude, probably this one of the this toughest ones. So fucked. I think the hardest one, honestly, man, is in uh, Cannibal Ferox. The the scene where they actually have that little I don't know what those little animals are called the ones with the really <laughs> long pointed noses but they actually have it on a leash and, and, and yeah those little things it's like one of the characters <laughs> like little pets and they actually use it as bait they use it as bait in the film and the fucking thing gets killed it's like so sad because it was on a leash it was like a pet right so yeah. I I always found that to be one of the hardest ones but you know I mean it is what it is man I mean it's it's animals doing what they they do. They talk about in the film. It's animal instinct. Mm-hmm. That's what they. This is what animals do in the wild. They fucking hunt and eat. You know, it. You know what's instinct. absolutely it's... hilarious about that, dude? Mm-hmm. I after I finished those movies, I watched the UFC fights last night. I watched all three of these movies back to back to back. Watched the UFC fights. Afterwards, it was like one a.m. and I turned on a show called Animal Fight Night, and it was literally <laughs> animals killing each other, fighting to the death on TV. <laughs> And it was like, there's really? this like fucking sickly looking lion who's like on his last leg. He has like patches of fur and shit. He looks like a cartoon cat that likes an alley cat or something. Like he's skin and bones. And he's trying to <laughs> beat this buffalo. And like this buffalo's whooping his ass, like tossing him around and stuff. And he's just laying on the ground, like, like barely breathing. Like, and it's like, and that was the lion's last hope. <laughs> and I'm just like, what the fuck? It's kind of ironic, isn't it? It was like uh, sad watching that shit too. But it was the same shit as it's some, in this movie. Some yeah, good, yeah. Some good gore on this one though. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not, I, I I always love the decapitation scene in this yeah, movie. Yeah, the head decapitation. <laughs> the way it awesome. happens is so awesome. Actually, another one of my favorite scenes, man, is when uh, the dude goes ahead there and he gets caught in that animal trap. Oh, and, yeah. Like, that's my it's a fucking I, 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 I remember when you and Dylan were watching it on your uh, marathon, and Dylan's like, why is no one helping this guy? <laughs> They're yeah. just watching, like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, we've got about to mention one character, Manolo, who actually comes later in the film. Yeah. It's kind of like a weird, like, role reversal where he, well, I don't know if we're going to go into that territory, but uh, he becomes, like, our hero type character in a way. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um,. <laughs> okay man I, getting back to the river scene man it has one of the funniest fucking dummy deaths I, I, that scene I, always that scene yeah, always that pisses one... me off because the way it goes down you don't know what the fuck why buddy isn't helping him or you're like what the hell and then obviously yeah. that's revealed after but like dude the way he slides down those rocks man I just Andrew, Andrew's such a piece of shit in this film that guy <laughs> he is man he's like a total bond love... piece of shit I love his looking looks like in the beginning of the scene where him and Ursula Andrews' hair are like waving in like some imaginary fan that's going on. It looks like their hair is like blowing. <laughs> and he's just giving like the serious look, like staring at them. Like, mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yo, um, I was just on the IMDb of the this movie, and I just went down and scrolled to the um, 
message boards. <laughs> and this happened back on Wednesday, November 24th of 2010. And it's from Buckaroo 2002. It's like he six says, years ago, almost to the day. It's crazy. He says, does anybody... First of all, he sucks at writing. He says, does anybody where about in the film I can find the scene in which a snake eats a monkey? I'm going off the UK DVD version. Is it on there? And the dude right under him, Raining Blood from Friday, February 4th, 2011, answers at 1.26.59 a.m. Says, what's wrong with you? <laughs> it's, like, it's like three months later he answers him he's just like what's wrong with you his name's raining blood <laughs> it was funny as shit i just happened, happened upon it and just this guy is like anybody know where the whereabouts in the film i can see the snake eat the monkey and dude's but, just like what's wrong with you bro it's like, such a legitimate this dude answer. is clearly a horror fan his name's raining blood and like this other dude's name is Buckaroo, and he's just like, anybody know where I can? And he's like, what's wrong with you, man? Well, first of all, <laughs> first of all, if he was watching a UK DVD, it's not fucking on there, probably in 2010. Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably fucking not, because the UK first, won't man. uncensor any fucking thing in the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I hate to live there. With probably that wasn't shit. there, man. Ah, it's brutal. JP was oh. like, I'm importing American releases. Fuck this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean. Um, I actually don't own this film, but I, I definitely want to pick it up now. Like, uh, yeah, the, actually, and, and this is actually a cheap release from well. Blue Underground. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's a uh, DVD only, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Blu ray out. Yeah, there's no Blu ray of it. But I think no, actually, it, it looks our, great. I think Moods' favorite company is actually releasing this on Blu ray. Who? Code Red. Is it Code Red? Oh, oh they're releasing this on Blu ray? Really? Mm-hmm. Ah, fuck. That's ridiculous. That is... Um, <laughs> so... You know, I always found it funny when I was watching this film that, like, I always expected Stacy Keach to be... The hero. Yeah, like, don't you... That's what yeah, I was trying to get... I was Stacy Keach, dude. I, was like, trying, like, I didn't want to really spoil that for the viewers. Uh, like, whatever, man. I always find it just... Yeah. I, think I, I think that's why I find <laughs> that fucking river scene even more funny. I'm just like... Wow, that like totally just happened. Like my mouth dropped the first time I see him. Like holy shit! I know because you actually, I think you're anticipating that he's gonna be helped. You know, it's like, you know, it's that moment in the film where Arthur's like, I don't know, man. No, you know, and then you're like, he should be reaching out and grabbing his hand, you know, kind of thing. But <laughs> he's right there too. I'm like, holy shit! I always find it so fucking ridiculous. But yeah, I don't know. It's kind of one of those moments you're like, but it was. Stacy Keach, man. No, <laughs> <Yeah>. Keach. <laughs> yeah, so. I, don't know, I love him in this film, too. He's good. He, he's yeah. a good actor, man. He really is, man. He's just yeah, I like, like Stacy Keach. I, it's, I honestly, like, does anybody know why he did this film? No. I mean, I would assume for the money. Well, I mean, but. <laughs> Maybe he was a fan of. Was he, uh, was he like an films. Italian actor or something? Like, I, I, it was just. I didn't, you know, I it's know. really no different than John Saxon playing in like tons of Italian films. Like John Saxon was in tons of Italian yeah, but films. Didn't he speak Italian? John Saxon? Mm-hmm. No, no, I mean, no. no? Who, who fucking knows? I mean, everything was always dubbed. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's kind of like him. You know, he was in all these films. And... Yeah, but I, I think mean, they I'm did mention asking, that, that Martino uh... in a bunch of them. I know, I know, he wasn't 
good with the final product of the film because Martino talked about that. Even though they do remain good friends, there is one thing that happens in the film that he wasn't too keen on when it was first released type deal. Hmm. I don't remember. Yeah, I gotta it. watch that documentary again. Yeah, I've definitely watched it. I just can't remember. It's been years. Probably watched it when I first got the DVD. I don't know. Because he talks uh, about a lot of stuff in that Martino in that interview. One amazing thing in this film is that we get to see the original Bond girl's tits. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. Ursula Anders was you know, the original Bond girl from Dr. No, and we get to see her titties in this one. It's fantastic. Hmm. Pretty cool. Still so hot, Bond. man. What's that? I said I don't care about Bond. Oh, fuck. You care about titties? I do like <laughs> boobs, but Bond... Don't be sneaking Bond references into this horror podcast. It's Ursula Art. Anders. He's known for that nah. tug and roll. And nah. that, that, that set up her whole career. Nah. I must be dreaming, you know. Don't be fucking quoting Bond up in here either, yo. Bond, James Bond. <laughs> 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 Dave's going to get pissed. Oh, fucking talk about Bond. Inconceivable. There's not horror and horror podcasts. What the hell is going on? Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I don't know, man. Do you guys, what are your guys' thoughts on the uh, the third act, and then when when you know some certain reveals start happening and stuff? Do you guys like that in the film? Like the cannibal stuff? No, I meant you know with uh, two of the main characters in this film, what their actual oh. Were. Like, whoa, it's kind of fucked up. I thought it was actually kind of interesting that they even did this because it, it just added like a certain layer to element to the to the narrative a little bit because I mean these things don't happen in these films. Like twists and they, yeah, they're usually played yeah. straightforward, right? Yeah. And like for that to happen, I kinda I look at it and go, Are you fucking kidding me? I'm just like, that's so crazy. It's like Martino just like, let's do something a tad bit different, yeah. you know? So I mean Martino that's really talks. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't really have a problem with it. I think it's actually kind of funny. But I think that what do they say uranium or something? I don't yeah, know. they're looking for uranium. Like, <laughs> like so good, so um, good. I don't know. You guys have much more on this one? Uh, there's not really a whole lot to say. How about the how about the pig getting fucked scene? Oh, dude, that shit. <laughs> I was like, what the like. I don't even, like, I feel like that animal was abused. Like, I don't even know if that's, like, obviously was he real? wasn't actually fucking it, but I mean, like. The whole cannibal god, <laughs> the whole cannibal god scene, like, when we get the reveal, you know, of the, what their god is, and then, yeah. of course, when they, they, they put her up in a, in a godly mode, too. That, everything that ensues after that is just so fucking bizarre. It's like they were just, okay, we need to do this. We're going to shock people with that. Yeah. And like, yeah, because we get like snakes eaten and then we get and this we get chick. The midget, the midget the, cannibal. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the chick <laughs> masturbating. Yeah. The chick yeah, flicking like, her beam. She's putting fingers in her vagina and, and they're showing it. I'm like, wow, that's pretty graphic. It's crazy. It's pretty awesome. Like, yeah. I know, but it's, it's, it's shit I, that see, you're just I can't think about. of stuff like that as awesome because I just feel like. Like, the whole time I'm looking at that scene, I'm like, dude, your hands are dirty. Like, there's dirt everywhere. Like, you're going to get an infection. <laughs> it's going to smell weird. It's going like, to hurt. The worms are placed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> really, I mean, dude putting his dick in that huge-ass pig or whatever. Oh, my God. He's like, his dick's dirty. Started. you got to wash that dick first. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, what was the reason, dude? Got his, there's a there's a penis mute decapitation in here. Because he tried to rape um, their oh, god. Yeah, they don't like that. And you know, it, it's actually quite interesting too because that scene right there was completely the inspiration for the the penis mutilation in um, Ferox. It's completely in the what? same thing. Cannibal Ferox. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, that that didn't look very good. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it, it's kind of hard to. I mean, I've seen ten million times better penis kills. Yeah, I mean, I have too. Yeah. <laughs> but it still looks vicious as shit, though, man. I mean, I mean they don't well, cut away; they remove the. Penis. The, time, the good thing like about being a male watching a penis mutilation is is it doesn't really have to look great for you to get the idea. Yeah, yeah exactly. pretty much. We know how painful it is. <laughs> it looks just painful every time. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, that definitely is no zipper on the penis. Slowly. That's for sure. It's a little different type of pain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. But uh, yeah, Mountain of the Cannibal God. What, I don't know what you got, yeah. Mids. It's it's your go. All right, so Mountain of the Cannibal God. I've always really enjoyed this film. I, I there's there's parts in this film that just. It's just hilarious to me. I, I burst out laughing at parts of this film. I don't know what it is, but anything with dummy deaths, man, just it fucking gets me, man. Um, but you know, Martino does a pretty good job with this. You know, in a genre that's been criticized to death, you know, for having majority really, really shitty films. I mean, most people consider Cannibal Holocaust to be a legitimately good film. Um, but you know, essentially, this one kind of fits in into a mold uh, for the most part. I think. Martino kind of elevated the narrative a little bit with some twists and turns. I thought that was quite inventive of him to do something like that. Uh, in a genre, like I said, that's very much in a mold. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, it's cool to see people like, you know, Ursula Anders in this film and Stacey Keach and stuff, like recognizable faces, you know, that you generally mm-hmm. wouldn't see in, in these films. And I, I think it really kind of sells the film for me. Um, it's very impressive, the stunts and the shit that they went through in this film, because let's face it, man, those river scenes look pretty nasty, man. They look like, like, I mean, there's a scene where they get on the, uh, on the canoe and they're just kind of, or not on the canoe on like a huge log and they're just like Mm -hmm. floating down the river and like really doing that shit. I'm like, it's a little dangerous, man. (laughs) You know, I don't know if I'd really be wanting to do that, but I'd be probably scared of piranhas or some shit. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, man. Um, Martino does a great job. Cinematography is pretty cool. Again, music always seems to flow really nice in these films. My biggest complaints, though, is just the lack of a really good edit, man. This thing just seems like, okay, we have all this footage, and now we're going to throw it in there. This seems very almost amateur. You know when, you know, first-time filmmakers or, you know, they, indie filmmakers... don't want to cut any of their own work. That's the thing, and I understand that mentality but for an established filmmaker it, it just kind of seems like dude it's very noticeable mm-hmm. that this film should have been 20 25 minutes shorter um animal killings i'm not really going to get into i mean it is what it is some people enjoy them some people don't i i'm indifferent with it sometimes i don't really give a shit i've seen them a million times it doesn't really bother me too much but it is what it is um all in all a pretty fun film uh i'm gonna give it a seven out of ten so yeah uh I'm right with you on that, man. It's uh, it, it, you know, I haven't seen a bunch of cannibal movies, but I enjoyed it. You know, it had some cool moments. I don't really need a ton of actual like human flesh eating. Like, I get the point. I understand what it is. Like, it makes me feel gross thinking about it and stuff. Um, <laughs> would I ever do it? That's probably what you guys are asking. Of course, of course, I would eat people. Mm-hmm. 
survival um, mode? Fuck yeah, man. Always been a little bit curious, to be honest, man. Uh, yeah. But anyway, um, some wild <laughs> moments in the film. Uh, it is cool seeing Stacey Keach and stuff. Uh, I like the jungle. I like jungle settings, period. I hope that, um, I, I hope to see more films that are set in, like, the jungle location. Like, it's cool. It's, it definitely mm-hmm. is cool. Um, I'm right with moods on this one. I'm gonna give it a 7 out of 10. Okay. So, <clears throat> really dug, like, the setting of this film, and I like, uh, the score also done by the Angelus Brothers again. They did the score for this one. Really love the main theme to like when you see like the reveal of the mountain and the title sequence comes up, and you see like these barrage of like animal killings that happen with it. I really like how the that scene dwells in. Really interesting uh, development of the film where we get to follow these characters to the end, and it's not like uh, I like Stacy Keach and Ursula Anders and their roles. Uh, Weird development with uh, certain other characters like Andrew, whose character I'm not really my favorite, but I'm kind of glad he gets what he gets at the end. And uh, very <laughs> well in, in uh, the certain interest and ending of this film with like pig fucking and weird like flicking the beans and other good stuff that happens <laughs> to that. So, and I do agree that this film is a little too long, it could have been cut down so i'm gonna give it another solid seven out of ten you know i i think using the word cut down i think this movie could have been chopped down a lot <laughs> i think cut just <laughs> sounds a little too minuscule for it yeah it just suffers from that whole time phobia or what do you call it jp i think you had a word for it or something one time i don't know but i swear you had a good term for it the films that run too long. Um, oh, you mean I don't just know. this saying where you know the first ninety minutes is free and then you, you're paying. Oh no, for there's the rest. that. There's that one too. Yeah, the, this one, oof, man. Um, but it's still good though. Damn it! I, if I had a good term, somebody remind me. I, I know. I swear <laughs> that you used something one time. It was like time. I don't know. It was in reference to you know indie filmmakers, you know low budget filmmakers that are just so scared to cut what they shot because you're like I fucking paid for that shit. I'm putting it in my goddamn movie. Yeah, I'm sure I did. No. Man. It was a long it was some Yeah, I know. I wish I could remember Listeners, too, but... help me. I want to <laughs> sound so, smart man. again. <laughs> so, um, All right, so that is, you know, the end, man. That is the end of Italian the, Yeah, it's not the end of just Sergio Martino week. It's the end of Italian month for another year. That's right. That's right. It was so fun. Uh, it, was fun. it was so much fun. It is, man. It was. Nobody I mean, really. Every, Come every on. Show, every oh, show. Oh, Jeremy. Jeremy. Yeah. It was like, of course you fucking had fun. It was your fucking idea. Yeah, I know. Snap <laughs> <Stop> showing. <laughs> that was classic that. material, man. And you posted yeah. on YouTube first. That's one of my favorite moments of the show ever. <laughs> he got so mad. He's so pissed at the end. Because he would always fucking say that every show was our idea. And, and then we wasn't. literally broke it down one time. JP's like, hey, this show was Jeremy's. This was Moods. This was mine. And it was like Jeremy had 70, the most. 70% of the shows were Jeremy's ideas. And he was always saying it was always our idea. <laughs> it was the fucking funniest shit ever. I love proving that kid wrong. It's great. I know. Um, it's fucking fun stuff. Yeah, but that's the end, man. Another one come to a wrap. Uh, what we're doing next week is actually taking a week off. We just went, I know, like four, five, six, maybe like six, seven weeks in a row for sure. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's been a while since we've done that. And so we're going to take a little break. Uh, we'll be off for a week. And uh, the when we come back, it'll be a what we watched episode. So mm-hmm. it will be all just movies that we're watching. And we'll, we'll go roundtable. Um, I'm even thinking about cutting news down a little bit and, uh, you know, limiting – um, other you know segments just so we can do a really big one because it's been a while since we've done a big one. Nice, and, nice. Um, yeah, it, it'll probably, it'll just be a couple hours of us going roundtable style on the films that we watched. If you have any suggestions or anything for me, you know, if you know that I have something in my collection, you want to hear my thoughts on it or whatever, feel free to drop a line on this episode and and I'll try to squeeze it in. Uh, I'm not sure if the other guys are down for suggestions or not, but yeah, I'll do suggestions as long as I own it. You know what I mean? Oh, I thought for a second this was just your show. It's like, do you have any suggestions for me? <laughs> it's my. Well, I didn't want to speak was... for you guys, and you, like here you had no, a plan on the shit you were okay. watching. Like, no, I gotta squeeze this shit in too. Thanks, JP. Well, God damn you. Honestly, you, you, know you know what I think you're gonna do? I think I'm just gonna watch and review a whole pile of Italian films. Oh God. <laughs> Yeah. No, I, I should probably start digging into some of these films I've been buying lately because I've been buying so much that, you know, I, I got to check out some of this shit, man. It's going to be awesome. Me Looking forward to it, man. It's going to be all first-time watches, I think. Maybe that that will be my theme for my, uh, what we watch. First-time watches. This will be my yeah. first first-time watch. There you go. Yeah, so, um, yeah, feel free to do that, guys. And uh, after that, I th- I don't know exactly how the schedule goes after that, but I think it's a Christmas episode. Um, and then based on scheduling, it might be another week off or maybe even two weeks off. I'm not sure how it's going to go because, like, we have holidays falling on Sundays when we record and stuff. So we'll keep yeah. you guys posted. Um, we, me and Moods got to talk about that, see what we're doing. Um, but uh, let's get into the wrap-up. Uh, voicemail 724-426-6665 that's 724-426-6665 if you want to drop us a what do you say Moods phone a phone in and then phone please in do in. so <laughs> drop us a call um, and yeah dude uh, rate us on iTunes review us on iTunes um, send us emails 22shotsofmoodsandhorror at gmail.com if you haven't already joined the Facebook group we are 975 members strong pushing for that thousand mark so uh, be be there be square yo dog um, and also the website 22shotsofmoodsandhorror.com um, there you can see the ratings the uh, episodes other stuff that we've done that's not on horophilia um uh, monster vision episodes that i that i've uploaded as well as uh the hall of fame and the hall of pain uh which i will update hopefully during this two-week break i'll have some time to get to that stuff so mm-hmm. um want to thank rob from georgia for helping me out with that stuff he just sent me a pile of all the episodes ratings which is nice of him and also want to thank jason lloyd horphelia.com mr lloyd woohoo for uh, hosting our podcast and also i I do want to say that um guys we can't let exploding heads keep beating us you know like i know we (laughs) let them win but eventually we're gonna have to not let them win and to do that we need more people to download the show that's right man (laughs) that is right i'm just no i just you know i'm kind of torn between this two because if by chance the faulty show comes in number one next month i'm gonna be like seriously is it because brandon was on the show or what yeah. the fuck 
Or it's even be if like, Argento kind of comes in number one, then it's is it fucking because Dave's on the show? <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? And that's the question. Yeah. It'll be number one and number two, and I'll be like, ah, oh, and then uh, this show will be number three. This show <laughs> won't even make it. <laughs> this show probably won't even make it. No, it's getting um, way too late. Yeah, we had this. We had this happen with the Halloween show. So yeah, chances uh, are we'll be expecting it again. But. At the same time, like, I tell you guys to download it, but at the same time, like, you, a lot of you guys listen on YouTube, so if you do that, I mean, fuck it, that still helps our show, so, I mean, you don't have to be, like, I don't want people to just stop watching on YouTube and then start to download the show because, uh, you know, whatever, because then we'll think our numbers suck on YouTube, and then we'll be like, what the fuck, man, what's going on? What's going on? A <laughs> <laughs> little paranoid, like, what the hell's going on? But yeah, anyway... Uh, we got a jet, guys. I hope you enjoyed Italian Horror Month. Um, thank you, Derek, back, for joining next. us on all of the fucking recent episodes. All last, like, 35 episodes. Um, you said you're coming back next week? Yeah, I'll be here. Okay. And Moods, I assume you'll be here? Um, yeah. Well, I don't know. You guys I, are dumb I, I, as fuck I, I, I because I'm not even going to be here next week. You guys are dumb. Because we're two weeks from now doing the show, so... Oh, yeah! Duh! I was taking a little vacation. See, I'm just so used to this role we've been... I think we did seven in a row, actually. So that was a pretty good fucking role, but... uh, Yeah, sorry, man. I was looking at porno. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just joking. I'm just joking. With that said, guys, we'll talk to you later. Peace. Peace!